ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another episode of Power Bombs and Positivity. I am your host, Marcus Arias. We have a special edition for the Royal Rumble 2022. Today was a can't really call it a pay-per-view anymore. It's a premium live event. But uh, as a rule, uh, the Royal Rumble is usually my favorite WWE premium live event of the year. Uh, so I figured, why not? Uh, I know I just did an episode earlier in the week, but I figured today was a special show, ergo a special episode. So kind of went out my Rolodex and it was someone I've been wanting to have on this show since day one. And I am very, very glad to say that I got him on today's show. Please welcome Maurice Connor, AKA Rusty Shackelford, <laughs> aka black light the genius buddy thank you so much for being here man welcome to the show thank you it means uh probably more than than i could even conceptualize right here to be here um you know uh possibly a little known fact about about me is that i was one of the initial people who was in marcus's corner when it came to starting uh, this podcast. This is true. So, and, um, and, and, you know, even blogging with some of the wrestling news sources as well. Like I've always been the first person to say, absolutely. Hell yeah. Go for that. Because Marcus has one of the, one of my favorite minds in wrestling. I dare I say one of the best, you know, and it's not to disrespect anybody else, but, you know, or to overshoot my knowledge of wrestling at all, but out of the people I know, one of the best minds and, for me, I say that because it's a balance of being fair and being an encyclopedia. You know, like it's not just about knowing who's wrestled who and when and whatnot, but it's about being able to appreciate the art as oh. as you know, no, as a, you know, as a whole entirety of, of of things. You know, not specific genres, specific companies. You know, being able to look at you know, at a, at a local indie promotion and enjoy, you know, the talent performance there, being able to, you know, look at your non-major television promotions, you know, and enjoy what they do. And in your televised promotions, enjoying what they do, enjoying what's happening internationally. Like, that's what it's about, being able to it, take it in and understand this company may not wrestle like that company. And I'm not going to look at those the same. I'm going to look at wrestling. That's what I look at. Wrestling. You know, <laughs> what's the story being told? And that's why I, I really enjoy you. I also want to preface I'm a few brews in uh, nearing my hey, double hey. digits. And <laughs> Without burying the lead here, if you weren't drinking during this show, we would be having a much different conversation. So <laughs> I think it helped. I know it helped me. Yeah. Uh, yes, like I say, um, I, I, I was a couple in before we got going on this, so uh, <laughs> it helped. Trust me. So by all means. And are you fine with partaking during? Oh, uh, let's let's. Uh, cheers, buddy. Cheers. Long time coming. Ah, that a boy. So, I, thank you for those words, man. That means a whole lot. Um, coming from you, especially, you know, when like when I was coming up with this idea of this show you were I'm dead serious you were the first one who said go for it and do it um 
And so for that, you know, I, I, I appreciate you so much for that. Uh, you as a, as a person, as a friend, uh, with your professional background, uh, with all that you've, you know, with all your community outreach, with everything that you do, um, you know, in your professional field, personal field, and just, you know, as a friend, uh, you're someone that I always appreciate their insight on, on all things, be it wrestling, be it social commentary, be it anything and everything in between. So uh, thank you for, you know, just being you. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'd like bless I said, you if I could. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Hashtag, hey, melanin, man. I got you. I got you. <laughs> but <Yeah>. so, <laughs> Lahayim. Um, so, so, you know, like I say, the, the, you know, when we're coming up with this idea of the show, it was, you know, the positivity aspect of professional wrestling. There's a lot of negativity out there, you know, throughout social media, throughout just, people man right it's so much easier to be negative it's so much just i don't i don't i don't get it i don't understand you know the people that that hate watch programming i don't understand people that just try to go out of their way just to be a jerk right and and wrestling's one of those things because it's so subjective you know i i don't like everything you know i i watch a lot and i I do watch a lot. I, I watch too much to be frank. Um, but it's not that I, I like everything. It's, and that's, there's definitely some stuff that I don't like, uh, but I'm not going to sit there and bash it. Uh, Cause I have nothing better to do, man. I have a lot more better things to do than hate watch professional wrestling. You know what I mean? So doing this show as, as a way to highlight and, let me preface this by saying, yes, we will be talking about the Royal Rumble. You know, we will not be entirely positive about it. We will try our damnedest. But we will try. We, we will try. We, we will try. Um, not to spoil how we felt about it. <laughs> That's called burying the lead, kids. Uh, but, you know, so I've been having a lot of fun doing this show and just trying to be a more positive force in, in, in wrestling. Um, and so, you know, like I say, having someone like you in my corner has been a tremendous help. And so, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's get, uh, let's officially get this thing going. So what I, what I want from you, Mo, is uh, I know that you've been a wrestling fan for a long time. Yes. What, why? What is it about wrestling that you're like, man, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to get involved with. You know, wrestling is freaking weird as a, yes. as a genre, as a medium, you know, it's one of those things that for someone to fall into it, for someone to connect with it, there's a little, not there's a little little glitch right but you know there, there's there's something and for you my friend what was that um you know it goes back to my childhood okay. um you know so uh periods in my childhood i didn't live in the greatest neighborhoods 
Um, it was very easy to be involved with or in proximity to, to, to guns and gangs and drugs and, and violence. And, and um, which is ironic because we're talking about professional wrestling, but, you know, I don't, you know, uh, getting, we'll, we'll talk about it later, you know, just, uh, you know, I like to treat professional wrestling as like, it's a, it's a reality. Um, but, you know, I got into it because it ended up being something that I was able to, you know, to watch and be uh, invested in and connected to that kept me from getting involved with a lot of the other activity that was happening right outside yep. my door. Yep. Um, like literally going right outside, I'd be in the midst of a gang war. Um, when I had started. Uh, so I started watching wrestling. Um, it was, it was uh, mid to late 1998 because okay. it was, it was after, I think it was the Monday night after Kane debuted it was the first time that I watched wrestling. I remember seeing Kane. So um, my mom watched it and awesome. I remember the first match I saw, um, and I forget who was all in it. And I've watched, I've rewatched Raw because I wanted to try to find the match it was. That was the first match I saw. Um, and I think I nailed it, but I just don't remember but who all was in it. But the Nation of Domination, it might have been a three, like a, a six man tag or. Sure. Um, and Mark Henry and The Rock were, were two of the wrestlers in that match. And I remember my mom told me that the world's strongest man was in the match. <laughs> so I was. You know, so so I'm looking and, and and I don't know about strong man. I don't know about professional wrestling. I was uh, I was a baseball player, still still am, and, right. and you know, baseball was my heart, still still my heart. Um, so she tells me the world's strongest man is on there. I'm an athlete. Oh, who's the world's strongest man? You know, whatever. I'm watching. Uh, the first wrestler I ever saw was The Rock, and. So I thought he was the world's strongest man <laughs> because my mom said the He's world's the, strongest the man. most electrifying man. <laughs> right. So the world's strongest man, the most electrifying man in the same match. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm like, oh, is it him? And then my mom was like, no, not him. And she pointed to Mark Henry. Uh, and I was like, it's whatever. Um, but what really captivated me, it ended up being uh, a segment with Kane and Paul Bearer and they're in the ring and, and, and Paul Bearer is doing this stuff where he's talking about, uh, you know, dark side and parents being dead and, and these supernatural powers, you know, that, 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 that everybody has and stuff. And Kane comes out with Paul Bearer and he looks like, uh, he looks like a superhero, even though he's the villain, but, with the mask and he got the fire and he looked just like the character that they were trying to portray him yep. to be this indestructible monster he it worked so seeing that it was you know it was like watching a superhero movie yep. it was like seeing uh it was like you know the first time i watched batman the animated series as a kid you know it was like whoa this guy looks cool um and then they're doing this segment and then uh, seeing Kane do the hands up, and fire, and the fire comes out. 
that was what ended up hooking me. And I think that dynamic of what's right outside is, you know, this really just painful violence and a lot of lost lives, lost a lot of friends and family to that kind of violence mm -hmm. that was right outside when I was a kid. And you turn on TV and it's, you know, pro wrestling is obviously violent, um, you know, in our, you know, uh, theatrical performance sense, but to not just see violence, but to see this, like this superhuman, uh, you know, which by today's standards probably can be considered extremely gimmicky or hokey as some people will say, but at the time, as, you know, especially as a eight-year-old kid, yep. like, whoa, who was this guy? Fire comes out and he's ginormous. Yep. Um, that really was like, that's interesting. Who are these people? So it was always the theatrics and um, a lot of the things that were outside of the ring in WWE that gravitated me. And then um, as I got deeper in, it was like, oh, guess what? There's also WCW. So by that time, we were at the Goldberg range. Oh, um, boy. So as an eight-year-old, when you see a guy like Goldberg beat a guy in three minutes, he looks like a monster. That's the guy. I'm not paying attention to uh, how well he does uh, uh, side headlock takeover. I'm not <laughs> paying attention to any of that. I'm like, oh, this guy comes out. He has fireworks around him too. See, so we're looking. Oh, he was our... breathing fire, man. He do the yeah. thing where he inhaled right. the pyro and it would come out his nose. Headbutting the headbutting the the locker and he had the streak of blood coming out and just like, right. what the hell is that? Right. So it's like, even though he was a very generic guy, he still had all of that uh, theatrical, uh, you know, excessive stuff around him. He was standing in a fire, breathing smoke like a dragon. And, and then he just comes and you punch him and he just looks at you. <laughs> then you try to hit him and he gets you down. Then he hits you again. You go down. Then he spears you. And then he jackhammers you. And that's the match. And that was literally a Goldberg match. Like, it was literally, that, that's how... His uh, 100 and uh, 180 streak match, you know, that's how it went. Uh, so many matches. Um, but, you know, seeing the theatricalness of it, um, like, you know, I was an athlete. We just went out on the field as a kid. You know, there was no music. There's no anything like that. You know, I just went out and competed. Then I turn on WCW and WWE or F at the time as a kid. And then you see these guys coming out with fireworks and, you know, so much craziness. And you got the music. Like, that was what captivated me. And I think it was because it, then at that point, it went beyond two guys fighting each other. You know, now it went to, there's a character element. There's, this is somebody. You know, it's not just two people fighting. It's this person is a specific person with a specific story. And there's a reason why this person feels that way. And I think uh, in a weird way, you know, having something like like entrance music and, and pyro and, and it just one, it shows how great uh, how great performers, how great these performers are at what they do, even the ones that we we may say aren't that good or, or we're not a fan of them or whatnot like mm -hmm. like to be able to be at that level and 
you know, and, and, and elicit an emotion is a reflection of how good they are, you know, and I think that as an eight-year-old at the time, I'm not able to conceptualize that that's this person's job to do that. I'm just looking at it as that's reality. Right. Um, and, and that's what really stuck me, you know, it was like, there's this, this surreal theatrical thing that is, is really cool. The fireworks are cool. The lights are cool. And the characters are cool. The outfits are cool. It's not just two guys beating each other up at this point. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's literally like a superhero movie and that. Exactly. Versus, yeah. It's like that versus seeing, you know, gunshots outside, you know, and, like I grew up in a household where the house got shot at, yeah. you know, and like that was what my reality was. So it was literally that for, yep. you know, the Undertaker and Kane and Undertaker's getting, you know, comes out in the casket and jumps out and I'm ready to fight you, Kane. <laughs> you know, like that was that was the time that I started watching. So it was like you got this giant guy with the red lights and the fire and uh and paul bearer and everyone's dead and they're gonna kill people and then you got the guy with the blue lights and lightning and he (laughs) does fire too and he comes out and they're both eight feet tall (laughs) um you know and they're not just in trunks they got these unique crazy outfits the undertaker looked cool and kane looked cool and a lot of those characters look cool like that pulled me away from from you know, potentially a really difficult life that I that I could have went down. And for that, I'll always be grateful to WWE, um, you know, since they absorbed WCW, mm-hmm. you know, the same entity now. I'll really be grateful for that because, you know, it, it kept me from being attracted to things that some of my friends did and now they're no longer living. Yep. Yep. I, I, can pretty much say everything you said just applies to me and how I got into this. I, I, uh, I'm from the East Bay originally, uh, Mm -hmm. single mom, you know, she worked all the time. It was either I hang out and watch wrestling or I hang out with the, you know, delinquents that lived, you know, two or three houses down. But I'll see, I lucked out. I had one delinquent who was my, my best friend, uh, he had uh, he had the old uh, the black box gimmick, mm. right? So I remember that, <laughs> right? So you know, I I didn't know much about wrestling, but I just remember him. His big brother would always have some stuff going on, and I wanted to hang out. And I remember this is a little into my fandom, but I remember when uh, uh, ECW's first pay per view was starting, barely, barely legal ninety seven, and my friend's big brother walk comes over to us and goes guys there's this thing coming on pay-per-view it's called ecw it's going to take everything that you guys are already watching to the extreme okay we had no idea what the hell this was we were nine and then he fired up ecw and we're like oh because it was real right it was it was Mm -hmm. the hardcore i didn't know what this was this was some of the like dopest stuff i ever saw and I just remember thinking, like, okay, cool. If I if I have these friends that are into this, like, I can kind of like gravitate towards that. Uh, for me, as a, as a wrestling fan, uh, it, you're right. See, and it's, it's the seeing of the characters. It's it, it's because when you're a kid, and 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 you know, we'll get into this a little later. But it looks like you said, man, 
when you're a kid, you don't care about work rate. Right. You, you don't care about how someone's selling. Right. You just want to see someone that looks badass beat up someone who also looks badass. Yes. And that's, exactly. you know, for me, it was Jushin Liger. It was yes. seeing okay. Jushin Thunder Liger on WCW. I thought he was a Power Ranger character because I was all about that. And I saw Liger. I was like, what, what is this? This is a wrestling Power Ranger. I didn't know any better. I just saw the, the costume and the mask and everything and thought that was the coolest thing. And who did he wrestle all the time? He wrestled Rey Mysterio and Psychosis, Ultimo Drag, all the cruiserweights. And all the cruiserweights in WCW had the cool masks, had the yes. cool costumes, yeah. and did all the cool moves. So when I was a kid, I saw that stuff. I, I'm a, I, I know you are. Uh, I'm a big comic book guy. Yes. And for me, wrestling is a real life comic book. It is right. that uh, story. You know, you have your good and your evil. And it's that, it's that universal storytelling, right? Like, you know, if I watch an international match, if I watch uh, um, like a, a, a what we'll say a New Japan match uh, with no English commentary. Okay. I don't need to know the language to know what's going on. Right. It's the context. I, I know that's the good guy. That's the bad guy. And they're going to fight. That's all you need. I don't need to know, you know, layers upon layers of lore. And I, I you know, I, I don't need to understand the language to understand the language of the match. And so for me, wrestling is that universal you know, it, it, it's performance art. It, it, it is that weird juxtaposition of, of athleticism and performance art. And when you kind of combine those and then you throw in the, uh, I'm going to say the, uh, the theatrical elements, you know, the, the lighting and the music and the smoke, that adds a different dimension. And, and you know, to me, there's nothing like pro wrestling out there in other forms of entertainment you know it, it's a rock concert with a fight and vice versa so you know wrestling for me has always kind of been that that uh i don't know just that showcase of just really cool stuff that you're never going to see in any other form so you know from like you said like you were saying you know wrestling for me has always kind of been that way to uh kind of get out of what's going on outside, you know, outside of my room, outside of my house, I can fire up wrestling and not have to worry about the other stuff that's going on right now. I can just kind of lose myself in the story. And right. I think that's, what's really cool about pro wrestling. So yeah, uh, who was your, uh, who was your favorite wrestler or who is your favorite wrestler? Oh man. It's I'll, I'll... okay. So Kane was my favorite wrestler as a kid yeah. um, because that was the first wrestler that I saw that was like, holy shit, who is this? Because <laughs> I was the, that, that was the first person. Um, I, I, I thought that The Rock was cool. Um, I thought that he was someone I, like, he looks like the bad guy. And, and that yeah. attests to what you said, you know, like, like 
I can watch wrestling. And, at, you know, the first time I watched it, I didn't know what was going on. I don't know why there's six people fighting each other and two of them are standing here and two of them are standing there and two of them are in the ring. And I don't know what any of that means. But I know that I saw The Rock and The Rock was the bad guy. And sure. Like, The Rock, uh, you know, I recognized, I picked up on that and I liked him. I liked The Rock. I like Kane and like Ken Shamrock. <laughs> Sacramento's own Ken Shamrock. <laughs> All right. Um, I think, and I think it, it was, you know, again, really just that character, like, you know, the, 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 the character that Shamrock had was that he was this uh, potentially unstable, yeah. uh, recognized mixed martial artist. So like, he comes, he came from the world of real fighting. And it was like the WWE was able to, in, in a way, acknowledge that this is real fighting, but this isn't real fighting. This is different. How does he do here? And, and, and like separate it because obviously, if I'm going to say this is a real fight and this is not a real fight. That guy that won the real fight is probably tougher than the guys that didn't really fight each other. Mm-hmm. But in watching wrestling with Ken Shamrock, it was different. He, oh, he's a real fighter. He still can't beat The Undertaker, though, because The Undertaker doesn't lose. You know, <laughs> you know like that, that, like we were able to conceptualize all those, all those things and make it like a, its own reality. So I think, like, really just like in a weird way you know like the wwe in particular you know they call it you know they have a wwe universe mm-hmm. like comics you know there's dc universe <laughs> you know there's a marvel universe um there's a multiverse inside of their own universe yep. um, you know where there's their own reality of the world and 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 the way they were able to conceptualize it and the wwe did the same thing um you know as did you know, as I do feel all professional wrestling promotions, um, because there's continuously a story being told, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's the same way we get to get this fandom with professional wrestling, the way that you, you know, have a fandom of like the, uh, you know, telenovelas, I'll say that, you know, I know you'll get it. Oh, yes. (laughs) Oh, yes. So you know, whether you watch started watching in 1980s all the way on, it's like the story doesn't end, you know, because this wrestler has an issue with this wrestler and this wrestler and this wrestler, and then that one retired and, you know, that one left the company and that one's going this way and that one's going that way, but you're still able to tie it back when this wrestler from back here is now doing the honors, passing the torch, you know, and 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 put all those pieces of the puzzle together. Um, I, there's there's so much of that. I, I, we're talking about favorite wrestlers. Sorry. Oh no no <laughs> um, no 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 no. This, this is all connected. This is all connected, yeah. man. By all means, continue. So you know, for everyone, you see, you can see how passionate we are. It's easy to branch yes. off and, and go off. Um, those Kane and Shamrock were my first favorite wrestlers. Um, in then Sting in WCW and Booker T, uh, they became my favorite WCW wrestlers. Um, I wasn't at the time familiar with uh, ECW or other promotions. I would see it on TV sometimes, but it. I think I was I was more enamored with the 
with a lot of the production, you know, with WWE mm-hmm. in comparison to ECW. So it was like, you know, it was like watching a, uh, you know, a super produced movie versus an amateur movie. Yes. And, you know, pardon my phrase, an amateur. I don't want to go. No, 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 But, you know, it was, it was different. Um, but yeah, going on from Kane and Shamrock, Sting Booker, um, they come together. Um, the Undertaker ends up becoming my favorite wrestler, and, I, <laughs> and that's about 2004, 2005. Okay. Um, so I'm 15 at the time, and by that time, I'm able to pick up more on like, you know, what's actually going on in the ring, and and when I say that, I don't want to say that to someone who 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 knows what's going on in the ring at the time, but it's like I'm able to conceptualize now that like. You no, know, no, no. At, at, at that age, you're a little bit more hip to, you know, what it means to work. Right? Yeah. You know, you, you, you're, you know, because as, as any wrestling fan gets older and you tell someone that's not a wrestling fan, hey, you know, hey, I was watching Raw last night. First thing they always say is, well, you know, it's fake, right? I'm like, really? No, I didn't know. I, right. Um, so when, when you're, you know, teenager, that's really when they start ramping that up, right? Like, oh, it was okay when you were eight that you were watching this, but now you're 15. Why are you still watching pro wrestling? You know, it's fake. Like, dude, right. really? Like, I didn't know that. Right. You know, uh, you, wait, you, The Undertaker's not a zombie that burned his <laughs> house down and killed his brother, but his brother really wasn't dead and they can summon lightning and fire. That That's fake? dude right so no when you when you're when you're 15 or so you know teenager that's when you're starting to kind of analyze it a little bit more you you, you are starting to kind of grow up a teeny bit and when i say grow up i like i say i mean you're you're kind of watching it a little more closely because you know at, at that time you know that was a, when i was 15 13 15 that was about when i start god help me when i started reading the dirt sheets a little bit more and that's when i was starting to to you know pick up on the torch and the observer and kind of do a little bit more like in-depth research, quote unquote research and go, wait a second. That's no, that's not what's happening, but yeah, no. And you're, you, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, that was it. You know, that fifth, like 15 on range, like you said, that was when I was started to be on the internet more and, and, you know, I'm joining the wrestling fan boards, you know, they're yep. just, Glorified discussion boards, you know, and I'm doing these essays about <laughs> why, why AJ Styles, uh, you know, is 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 great in A in T in, in NWA TNA, but would never work in the WWE, yep. Yep. you know, and and I don't know what the hell I'm talking about, but I I I know enough, you know, to to at least here's how I can substantiate my argument of why of why this is the case, and you know. Boy, I wish I could. Uh, we as we talk later, a lot of the experience I have, I wish I could like read some of those old posts. And, dude, <laughs> dude, what were you talking about? Like, I was one of the things that I need to, you know, I can publicly say now. And I want to apologize to John Cena because I was <laughs> for a long time on on his uh, hate train and yep. five moves of doom. He he can't wrestle and. You know, let's like, go, Cena. Cena sucks. Cena sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and and 
you know, I didn't get professional wrestling the way that I thought that I got professional wrestling. And, you know, I can, I can say I apologize because it's like, I get it differently and yes. I appreciate it differently too. Um, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people who they, they, you know, they'll, 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 they'll try to watch WWE through a lens that's not like WWE focused. Right. And by that, I don't mean like all you watch is WWE, but I mean, when you watch this show, you have to know that this is your expectation. Yep. Versus if you watch this show. Um, my local promotions around the area, like uh, PCW Pro Championship Wrestling, SBW, you, you know them all, but for everyone, oh, Supreme, like right? Supreme Pro and SAC, uh, you know, like Pro Championship in, in uh, North Valley, Chico Paradise, or you know, Chico Yuba, um, you know, and throughout APW in the Bay. Um, Gosh, there's, there's there's some out. Oh. FTF so baby, FTF. <laughs> um, um, no, it doesn't mean you got you got, dude. The the bay is on fire right now, dude. You got uh, like I'm going to West Coast Pro in February right. in South in South San Francisco. I went to see them two months ago, and it was a fantastic show. And then uh, I missed the last one just because I I couldn't make it down. But uh, when they announced the card for this February show. I, I shouldn't say they asked the card. They just announced who would maybe be on there. They didn't say in what capacity. It's like, dude, we're getting tickets like right now. Um, and then so so West Coast Pro has been on fire right now. Uh, you mentioned, of course, PCW Pro Championship mm-hmm. Wrestling. Um, they had their big comeback show but, what, earlier this month, I believe, was their big uh, uh, last man standing event. So that was, uh, I didn't get a chance to go to that, but I heard good things. Um, yeah. I'm glad that they're running again. We all, we have a lot of uh, connections to PCW on, on a, a personal and professional basis. So I'm glad to see them running stuff again. Um, for you, my friend in Sacramento, uh, Prestige Wrestling is going to be running a show uh, in March, I believe. And uh, I highly recommend it. It's uh, going to be a, a a joint venture, I believe, but it's uh, already going to be uh, it's going to be at the Colonial. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Sacramento Pro Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I've been to that venue a lot, <laughs> and every time every time I go, I'm always like, "This is going to be the time my car gets broken into, isn't it?" But, <laughs> it hasn't. <laughs> hey, hey, it hasn't yet. It hasn't yet. So, uh, so for context, by the way, I, I lived right down the road from Colonial okay, as a kid. Okay. So, so, you know, so for the audience, you know, when I'm talking about this neighborhood that I'm in where there's a lot of gun violence, where, yep. I, where I'm a kid. If that's the old neighborhood, then I can tell you right now that that is, I know that neighborhood. God bless you, yeah. my friend. But um, I, I, I highly recommend checking out the show uh, coming up. Uh, Prestige Wrestling going to be heading your way. Uh Leo Rush got announced. Filthy Tom Lawler got announced. Uh, MV Young, uh, Taya Valkyrie, uh, yes. the f- uh, uh, former uh, uh, um, Frankie Monet on NXT, uh, coming back to the Indies. So, t- dude, check it out because it's going to be a hell of a show. Decided. 
What made them decide to choose Sacramento? So, so it's weird because Prestige is running. They they run. Uh, believe. Oh God! Someone's gonna yell at me. Uh, I want to say the uh, Washington area, and they're gonna be. They're kind of making a loop down, so they're doing uh, um, a couple like shots. Yeah, they're doing. They're doing like a territory loop, so they're doing some shots in uh, Oregon. They're doing some shots in uh, uh, South City, which uh, they're actually gonna be teaming up with West Coast Pro um, when. I'm trying to find a way to go to that one because uh, uh, Mike, one of my current favorites, uh, Malachi Black, is scheduled to be there, and that's something I really want to check out. Uh, but they're doing this whole loop, and so they're and then they they decided Sacramento was going to be a, a big stop, um, and okay. they picked the Colonial. <laughs> so many places to run, and they picked the colonial i'm not hating on the colonial i i again i've gone to wrestling shows there i have gone to uh theater shows there i've i've seen musicals there uh but damn it's the colonial that uh, was the first concert that i performed at actually or first okay. venue i performed at, um first concert venue i should okay. say um so i'm also uh also a dj okay. uh, i got my start when i was in chico um you know, but I was at that time in Chico. I, I, I DJed for university. I had my radio show, KCSC. Um, DJ Blacklight. And then I briefly transitioned to DJ Three Strikes. I had a show called 25 to Life. And, and <laughs> you know, you can uh, spend a lifetime enjoying the music. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I, you know, but when I finally did my first big boy show as a DJ and there's mm -hmm. performers and everything, it was at the Colonial. Um, so it was really, it was really good. And, and the Colonial is a nice size venue. Yes. You get, uh, you know, I think we had, um, I think it was like almost 600 or almost 700 people that, you know, you're able to get in there and yes. fill out the, um, 700 people is a lot of people at a show. Um, so it's like, you know, obviously, you know, someone can look at it and be like, you know, it's not uh, 20,000. Oh, no, no. It's no. a build arena, but it's like, no. if you, if, as a performer, if you have 700 people in front of you, that's a lot of people that you have to entertain. So, you know, when wrestling shows, do shows, even, you know, at, at a venue like that, you get 500 people there. How do you please 500 people? You know, like, like a mat, like a, just us being generic people. Yeah. Imagine going out in front of that group of 500 people and doing something that impresses every single one of them so that they all cheer for you, you know, or, you know, imagine you try and you fail and all those people dislike you. Now you suck. You're a terrible person. Yeah. You're not good at what you do. You know, so now everybody doesn't like you. You know, you you know, I think that like a lot of us don't really like understand, and and it ties into colonial. I know it's I'm you know I'm branching no. off of, again. Continue. You know, it's like you know a lot of us don't understand what it feels like to to actually have to perform. Right. You know, we we look at performance from a, a audience member perspective. Did they entertain me? you know, is, is, is the perspective we look at it from, you know, we don't look at it from the perspective of, 
did they entertain other people? And we don't look at it from the perspective of this is, you know, you know, what could I, could I do this? Could I do this better than that person? You know, like, because if you don't understand what that dynamic is, you can't really like judge a performer. And I think, you know, like that's where I got as a fan too um, at this point, you know, which is why I'm able to love an indie show. I'm able to love, uh, you know, uh, the, the WrestleMania, the biggest show, uh, you know, biggest periodic show that happens. Um, for sure, for sure. Because it's like, I know I, I, I now appreciate it because I get it, you know, as a, you know, someone who's had to perform in front of people in the wrestling business, outside of the wrestling business and get everybody to respond the way that you want them to respond. Right. You, know, you have to elicit that feeling, whatever, whatever your role is, if you're in front of the people, you have a part of the show and like, it, it's different now. Like, I, I think a lot of fans will look at it, you know, just from this very jaded perspective of a fan and 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 having to be inter, entertained. You know, we, we're spoiled as fans. I'm supposed yes. to like this. And if I don't like it, then you didn't do your job. Right. It's so the, I mean, uh, what have you done for me lately mentality. It's, yes. it's, it's <laughs> you know, 10 years ago, you had that killer match, and I, I really liked that match, but we haven't had anything good since then. So I hate you. You know, well, right. I, had a, I had a good match last week, but well, that was last week, dude. I, I want to know what you did right now. Well, I didn't do it well, then I hate you. So no, right. there, 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 there's this concept of, of what have you done for me lately? Lately, there's this uh, concept of, um, there's an instant gratification and, and that, you know, as a culture, that's kind of, you know, been a, a recurring theme for a lot of things, but with wrestling, there's, there's so much uh, emphasis on like, you know, now, 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 not, Hey, what, you know, here's a storyline and we're going to let this build and we're going to let this crescendo and we're going to let this arc and, and, and have a full on developed story. No, we don't want that. We want, you know, a, a year long storyline condensed into a month, maybe two. And as fans, you know, we, we criticize and we're like, dude, why are you criticizing? If you just gave them this chance to tell this story and just, you know, go for the ride, man. I, I think there's this, this thing of, uh, I think wrestling fans now, because of the internet, because of the, the, dirt sheets and such there's this feeling of um the smart fans i'm not going to say smart marks because i i don't like that um there's this concept of the smart fans and they are so afraid of being worked they are there's right. this they don't they want to prove that they're they're better than the casual fans they want to prove that they're better than people that don't watch wrestling period and they don't want to get work. They don't want to be in on the, the joke. Right? They don't want to be a part of the joke. They want to steer and they want to you know, manipulate the show to, uh, to suit their means. And right. I don't know, man. Like, If you want to do that, that, that's cool, man. If you want to take the fun out of it, then dude, go, go for it, man. That, that's, that's your... But I, I want to enjoy what I'm doing 
I want to be able to go, you know, now there's something's dumb and I'm like, man, why'd y'all do that? I'm, I'm going to call it. I'm, I'm definitely going to call it like that. But for the most part, I'm like, man, just, just let's see where this goes. And if the end game isn't worth the journey, then yeah, then I'm going to criticize the story and go, maybe that shouldn't, uh, shouldn't happen. But um one thing I do want to ask, because you brought up a good point, being an entertainer uh, from a from a uh, a non wrestling standpoint, we'll move into the wrestling in a second. But from a non wrestling standpoint, has pro wrestling influenced you as an entertainer? Absolutely. Um, you know, it, it's it's influenced the way that I like to brand myself. Yeah. Um, particularly um you know it, it's like it, it influenced me with kind of creating a, a persona yep um you know like this is this is a persona this is sometimes the, you know how i'll communicate on the internet and it was different when i was young now I'm, it's a little different but um at the time when i'm branding myself and i'm making a name and whatnot you know it's it becomes an an identity um you know, so it would be akin to, you know, The Undertaker has talked about how even outside of the ring, he, you know, he dressed in black, he didn't talk to people, um, he stayed away, you know, so it was so much of that character that he was showcasing in real life, um, you know, because he sort of became that, you know, you're, you're still in reality and whatnot, but it's like, you you end up becoming that. So it was, it was like, uh something that i was able to adopt um sure you go and, and, and perform and you know i'm not i'm not maurice i'm not maurice who's, who's who, who volunteers in the community the uh yep. the former teacher you know working in social services nonprofit land where we don't get paid enough uh, to do the work we do. <laughs> <laughs> um you know it's a switch over i'm 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 blacklight the dj um blacklight the mc you know the producer the uh, you know, the, the on stage and, and, you know, now it's different, you know, so now there's a different energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it's because at that point I have a understanding that the fans at this, you know, when this environment expect different energy, you know, so it's not necessarily the, the, the Maurice who can talk about professional wrestling and, you know, and, 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 and public health and, and, and the things are that I take a lot of pride and joy in, in, in talking about and being part of, now it's a different switch. I'm Blacklight. Yep. You know, I, I know exactly what song I'm going to play and then song plays. I know exactly what I'm going to say at this point. I know exactly when I'm going to put the mic up, drop the music, and have the fans, uh, you know, sing the lyrics of a song. Yep. And, you know, like it comes to innate you know i don't i don't want to say it comes innately but it could but you know it's it, it's a complete switch though you know that character it, it influenced it a lot um the name the name blacklight um you know i always marketed it you know with like dark purple mm-hmm. like undertaker uh, my <laughs> early logo that like a, you know lightning bolts and sure. stuff with it, um you know, so, so, you know, as The Undertaker becomes my favorite wrestler, it's like so much of that. My DJ tag as a producer, um, 
it involves like that bell of the undertaker that rings before he comes out you know, so you're on oh. my dj tag it has that bell in it um, right on yeah so so it's influenced it a lot you know, from, from, from character to, to even you know potential copyright infringement using <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> now, so for for me um when i was doing music uh i try i looked at it from a wrestling perspective uh i built a character i built a brand i built a character uh i went full i went full kayfabe dude i, I always had a full face mask of, of some yes, kind I always said <laughs> yeah i always had some form of face mask i never showed my face before a show or after a show i show i roll up to the venue full mask never take it off I would, if someone recognized me, if they thought they would recognize, I would kayfabe the hell out of it. I'm like, nah, dude, I don't, I don't know that guy. What the hell are you talking about? I don't know that. I don't, what? And just because for me, you know, it's, it's that switch. I was not comfortable performing as me. I needed that character. I needed that, that outlet. And so I built this character, uh, the, the, the Suicide X character, as a way to channel some stuff. <laughs> uh, but, you know, my, the thing was, it was a, 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 um, a way for me to kind of separate the two. And so uh, using wrestling as a, as a way to build that character, I, I think it was CM Punk who said something to the effect of, uh, you know, I always wanted to be the wrestler that the 13 year old me wanted to see. And I took oh, that, I, I, I yeah, I took that to music. I wanted to be the entertainer that a kid would look at just going circling back to, you know, what you're talking about with Kane and everything. I wanted to be that person that if you saw, if you were, you know, a 13 year old kid, walking by and you saw, you know, my logo or you saw my mask, you're like, wait a second, that's different. Let's do that. So finding a way to use pro wrestling as a medium to, you know, get into music and vice versa, you know, it's all entertainment. It's all finding ways to make everything kind of coincide. And, you know, I think about, uh, the first time I remember hearing the, uh, do you remember the WWF uh, rap album? <laughs> yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Method Man. And, uh, Jeez, dude, uh, yeah. Hearing the, the Run DMC DX song, I thought that was the coolest thing. And the, uh, what, Sea Murder doing the, uh, the Brood theme. I thought, I was like, dude, this is, this is it. This is what I wanted to do. Uh, I, I, remixed that brood song so many times because it was just so damn good but that album was just like a light bulb for me because i was like wait a second i can you can do hip-hop or whatever you want really but like as a hip-hop fan and an mc i was like wait a second you could rap about wrestling and it's cool yeah like you you had mainstream artists doing this and you're like Dude, they're they're I to this day, dude. I, I pop when I hear a, a wrestling lyric in something. You're like, what he you know, I was listening to a, a an MF Doom track the other day and they were talking about Orange Cassidy. I was like, 
wait, what? There's a an Orange Cassidy reference on an MF Doom track? That's 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 dope. That's dope. Yeah. So you know that. But you know, so for yeah, for me, wrestling's always been a way for for all forms of entertainment to kind of connect. So yeah. So I want to talk. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about you as, as you know, we were talking about uh, coming at you, you're talking about how you're coming from two different perspectives here. Um, I would like to talk about uh, you from a worker perspective. So you, you were in training at, with PCW, correct? Yeah, I, I was in training um, and I was part of the shows as well. So I, I was both a ring announcer. I was a DJ too. So I did the music for PCW shows a couple of times. Um, they were my practice. I I, I owe PCW free, free, uh, free shows as a DJ because mm-hmm. you know they they helped me get comfortable with that. Um, now I was a referee uh, and I was also a ring announcer. So um, when I, when I met you, I think you were the ring announcer when I met you. That was a long time mm-hmm. ago, but I remember you when you were the ring announcer. Yeah, um, and and I certainly will get to what's happened since. Um, but yeah, ring announcer. Um, I think they they changed my name, and I forget what they changed it to. It might have been Marcus, and I think that we went with that because uh, people. My name, my my first name is Maurice, and a lot of people forget it and they'll call me Marcus. Um, you know, so fortunately, I don't really know any bad Marcuses. Uh, you know, I'm right. Great. Zach, is, dude, Zach, if you're listening to this, man, I want royalties. I'm coming for that money, Zach. <laughs> no bad. I'll, I'll stand by that. I don't know any bad Marcuses. Uh, once you know, once I graduated college and went to Chico, one of my first mentors was, was a student named Marcus. Uh, you know, and then one of my good friends from Chico is Marcus, and. Uh, Two of my good, new good friends. <laughs> uh, <laughs> two Marcuses. Uh, one was from Chico State, and you know, and, oh, and he's from Chico too. So two from Chico. Oh, so there but, you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so we went with that. So I performed as a ring announcer, and I was, you know, that was that was tough. You know, so I'm asking people's weights, uh, hometowns, mm-hmm. anything specific they want me to say. I'm also, you know you know, selling, you know, hey, go make sure you go to, uh, you know, get your, uh, you know, food, you know, hot dogs and stuff from, you know, from uh, off the wall soccer, yep. <laughs> not shows, uh, you know. Uh, Miss wrestling shows at off the wall, man. <laughs> yeah. God. Um, so it was fun. I was a referee as yep. well. Um, I was actually, um, I was, I don't want to say that I was like, uh, you know, I was kind of part of a storyline, a PCW storyline. Uh, yeah. uh, if any of you were longtime PCW fans, you you know, you might remember Fanga. Yep. Um, oh, yes. Kate Bradley Rotten. So Fanga's thing was to attack me after his matches. <laughs> <laughs> so he would attack me. Um, you know, I'm the one person performing as a wrestler at the time who actually is training to be a wrestler. So I'm you know, I'm taking, I'm taking all of his bumps, uh, you know, and, and it was, you know, when you're the referee, uh, if you, you have to be part of the show too. Um, 
I have a funny story about that because I ref, I ref with Sir Samurai, I ref, you know, ref with him, ref with MPT. Um, you know, these are recognizable Northern California mm-hmm. wrestlers for sure. Um, and some of you will recognize them nationally and internationally. But um, you know, uh, something you'll laugh at was when you're the referee, you have to make the wrestlers look larger than life. Um, and that's hard to do when you're bigger than the wrestlers. Yes. <laughs> um, so I remember uh, I'm, did I ref? I might have ref an AJ Curse match as well. I'm thinking, I remember being in the ring and he did a stunner. Um, the AJ, and, yeah, AJ did a stunner. That was his. Yeah. Yeah. So I remember that. So I might have ref one of his matches. Um, but. You know, he's with, and, and I respect all these guys. And, you know, they're, they're people I've been, you know, trained with or, you know, stood in the ring with. So it's all out of respect. But, like, they're little guys compared to me. Yes. Compared to, and I was a lot smaller then than I am now. And they were a lot smaller than me. <laughs> um, you know, and, and, and I say this respectfully to uh, no one come at me, but there's not a lot of focus on your physique. Uh, you know, on in the indie no. level, no. it's more about your, you know, your work rate at that point um, for a lot of people. And so the, I'm in the ring with the guy guys that are, you know, they're not a focus on their appearance. Um, and, and I'll say that that's not the goal. I don't want to fo- say, you know, that, they're, that they don't focus on their health appearance, but they don't focus on their appearance out. Bro, are you going to get me canceled on my own show? I, I'm, I don't focus on my outward appearance anymore nowadays right now either. So, um, out of hell with them. Uh, I'm there, but you know, it was, it was when I'm, when I was training, I was really concerned. Uh, I, my really wanted to try to get to the highest levels mm-hmm. of professional wrestling. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to be, like you said, as a performer, you wanted to be, like the person that inspired you at that point, you know, you wanted to be the person that you were at 13, like, oh, that dude's cool, you know? And so when I was training as a wrestler, that was who I wanted to be, you know? So I wanted to be the next Undertaker. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to be the next wrestler that had pyro and this dark character and lightning and the lights go off and, you know, and, and that was who I wanted to be. And, um, you know, I wanted to do this really cool angle with Fanga um, because I had gotten pretty close at that point in being ready for a professional wrestling match. Um, and, you know, I was doing like, you know, three, you know, three minute runs with guys when we were training and, you know, change holes, do this off the ropes. I take bumps, you know, everything. And, um, we, we did, you know, three of those, we'd have an eight to nine minute match. <laughs> um, you know, I was doing that with guys like uh, Showtime Shoop and, um, you know, another good, good friend of mine. And, uh, you know, I got to take, you know, you know, do that with MPT. And um, I wanted to do this cool thing where I took that character and I was going to do this whole like dark superhero thing. Mm-hmm. Um 
he's attacking me after the ring. By that time, you know, we're telling a story that keeps going on. So I can tie all this stuff back together. <laughs> you know, this story that keeps going on because I was a referee and he's attacking me after every match. So I wanted to do this thing and I would be the superhero character uh, and have this superhero mask and, you know, to the keen eyes, clearly the guy who was the referee. Right. Um, you know, but there's this mask on, totally different character. Um, he comes out ready to have a match and I protest the match. I'm not going to referee this match because by that time uh, he's attacked me like three, four shows. Um, so it was a, <laughs> it was a thing that was going on. Sure. He attacks me uh, after his match, win or lose. Um, <laughs> Cause he'd done it a few times. And um, by that time, the fans are going to see me, they're going to see him and they're going to know that I'm going to get attacked after the match. So I wanted to do this thing where it's different. I go back, I protest the match. He had a manager, Bradley Rotten, and you know, Rotten would cut his promos because Fang uh, was uh, in an unintelligible monster. Yes, he um, was the, the the wild man <laughs> of PCW. Right. Yes. Um, oh, and he, and he was so just laid back in real life. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. Chillest guy I know. Uh, but he would uh, so rotten cuts his promo. He now there's no referee. He's in the ring now. They just want to fight, mm-hmm. you know, basically unsanctioned. But I just want to fight somebody. I go back. I change my gear. I got this mask on. I got my gear on. I actually have my tights in that closet that I bought, <laughs> um, <laughs> and they're purple and it got lightning bolts on them and everything. Um, cool. And I was going to come out and we were going to roll around and then it was going to start this whole thing, you know, where now I'm feuding with him as my debut feud. And, mm-hmm. you know, we go from there. And that was what I wanted to do with him because I was becoming a part of the show. I was becoming recognized, um, you know, and, and they finally separated me from from uh, Will Hobbs, who was performing there because we were getting confused at first. <laughs> I don't want to go further down that. that I, 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 I'm <laughs> just saying. Uh, all all yeah. professional wrestlers don't look alike. <laughs> no, but if you lived in our part of Northern California, they, they thought y'all did and for whatever reason. God, I love that yeah. town. Yep, it was. It was um, they, uh, I, I guess I was, uh, I was one half of a former uh, PCW tag team champion, apparently, uh, since I'm Will Hobbs. <laughs> um, so, so what you're but, saying is, when I upload this, I can tag Will Hobbs as my guest for the show. <laughs> Um, uh, I'm, I'll say that uh, you might have some some viewers from up north uh, who who may not know the difference. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, so I wanted to be part of that, but you know, so but with that though, like we were talking about earlier, I get this pers- this dynamic of now from the business side mm-hmm. of things, being part of the show and the company. Um. You know, it's it's an it's a dynamic of now I got a few hundred people that are in the audience right now because PCW drew big shows. Mm-hmm. 
And then when I started training, uh, the strategy at the time was like, instead of doing monthly shows, you know, you're doing spaced out a few months and then in different cities. So, so PCW is doing this kind of territorial, uh, you know, path as well. Um, well, and were they doing the, uh, cause you know, APW had the, uh, the gym wars that was always their, you know, not their big shows, but it was kind of their, their smaller PCW yeah. had the work farm wars because the work farm wars, they yeah. had, they literally would train out of this big ass farm and they would put on these shows that were smaller scale to their big monthly shows, but they were still ways for the guys to get some reps in and still ways to kind of get the crowd hyped up for a bigger show. Mm -hmm. So um, work from wars was our Sunday night heat. Yes. Yes. <laughs> and, and I remember, and, and when it started though, that I actually, I, I ended up getting hurt few different times um and that actually slowed me down when i was training pcw um a few times i tore my stomach muscles from my ribs oh boy uh training um i had uh given myself a really uh, gnarly concussion uh in training as well so i had to take a few weeks off as well and and I also was a student at Chico State when I was training in, in at PCW. So trying to balance being a, a you know full time college student, mm -hmm. uh, also involved in the community. I was uh, you know one of the officers, uh, presidents of my fraternity, and a uh, number of organizations. So it was a lot of there was it was just really busy. Had to work. I worked in the sports department. And sometimes the games would conflict when we had training. Um, sure. You know, so it was like, I, I can't go to training after working a baseball game uh, today or soccer game, basketball game. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so there are a number of obstacles. And, but by the time the work farm was started, I had gotten hurt and I graduated. And uh, I always wanted to basically have my professional life be my plan B for professional wrestling. Like that was a, that had always been my goal. Mm -hmm. uh, if professional wrestling doesn't work, I get hurt, or it just doesn't take off uh, the way that I wanted it to. Um, or at least I got some degrees and, and other stuff. You know, I can always go and, and be a you know a supervisor, a coordinator somewhere. Someone's going to hire me at that level right now. It doesn't matter where I apply. Oh, you're you're going to be a supervisor. Um, but I wanted to establish that before going in deeper into wrestling and then ended up getting hurt. Um, then I moved back to Sacramento after graduating and I couldn't, you know, commuting to PCW was difficult for me. SPW was around mm -hmm. at the time. So at this present time, to my knowledge, everyone is training in Yuba City right now and I'm in Sacramento. So it's about a you know, 40 minute drive and Whatnot. But at the time, Sacramento was uh, SPW's training in Sacramento. Um, other promotions like the Total Wrestling Federation, TWF, they were training as well. <laughs> right, right. Um, and I was getting into shape. I was in the, I became a personal trainer and I was in this magnificent shape, in the best shape of my life. I was both big and small at the same time. So I'm not that tall. I'm, you know, five, 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 nine-ish. Um, but, you know, I was 
MPT compared me to uh, Ricky Steamboat when I was training. Okay, um, I can see that. So, I can see that. Yeah, it, it, it meant a lot. It was really, it was really, it meant a lot because at that point, oh, I, I love pro wrestling. I appreciate wrestling. I'm becoming my encyclopedia. You're like Steamboat is great. Um, I wish that I understood it the way that I do now <laughs> that I did back then. I think a big reason why I, I like got hurt, you know, stomach muscles and my knees and everything uh, was because at the time that I was training PCW, I didn't really want it for those reasons, for the right reasons, sure. in my opinion. Um, authentic, genuine, like, and I don't want to say that it was bad, um, but I was a young kid and I wanted to try to get to the toppest to the top levels of professional wrestling. I wanted to be, I wanted to be in the WWE. I wanted to have lightning and fire. I wanted to have 80,000 people at WrestleMania. Like that was what I wanted. So professional wrestling, you know, at the local level, that wasn't what I wanted. That wasn't my focus. Oh, this is little. So I feel like as much as I love training and I love professional wrestling, I didn't really love the entirety of it. I didn't appreciate it enough to really understand it. Like own this right here, Mm -hmm. the same way you would own this, not looking at it like this is little leagues, that's big league. And I think that my lack of really understanding that and appreciating it, um, it, affected the way that I trained. Um, sure. I'm training professional wrestling and, you know, I'm saying I'm about to debut and go to the WWE is what's in my head. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, you're going to become great at what you do, whether it's there or here. Um, so I think that that jaded sense of the way I felt about training also impacted uh, my growth as a person, uh, as a student as well. And, you know, I wish that I could have gone back and told myself, you need to look at it this way. You need to make sure that you appreciate everything. Um, for someone that's trained, I think it's easy to hear a story like The Rocks. And mm-hmm. we don't really understand that, like, the business was different back then. Um, it, it was substantially different then and years before, you know, trying to, you know, get to the pros now is different than it was uh territory days was different uh, you know before vince killed it um you know it was different in the 90s it was different in the early 2000s and the business has changed the whole way you know everything's different um but i think that that perspective that i had um it was a lot like when i was playing baseball you know it was you know you're you're going to be a professional baseball player is what I'd heard from a kid growing up. And like, so it was never really, you're going to be great at what you do. It was, you're going to skip this and go way up there. Right. So my focus isn't really becoming the best. It's, you know, getting there. I need to get there. Um, and I got hurt in high school too. <laughs> Um, as well um, you know so it was like this this trend that happened uh, so I, you know I decided to pull away from training PCW um, 
when I moved to Sacramento, I decided I wanted to focus on getting in shape before I trained in wrestling. I wanted sure. to, I want to have my my physical form on point. Um, and then I ended up like literally before, right before I was ready to start training again. Um, and I actually stood briefly trained for a little bit. Uh, Oliver John out of school here in Sacramento briefly. And, oh wow! Yeah, and and I went there and. That I got to suplex Jeff Cobb. Wow! Did you? <laughs> yeah, I got to suplex Jeff Cobb. Uh, he he suplexed me too. Um, <laughs> um, you know, so I, I remember vertical suplex. I also vertical suplex propane PCW. His oh, propane! <laughs> this was before he he started getting in better shape. So this yeah. is he's a, he's a big guy. I he, yeah. He's a big dude. <laughs> yeah, I remember at home. I'm picking him up, and I, and I was just supposed to just take him back, you know, and and and, and take the vertical suplex. Off. And, uh, I remember I walked around with him a little bit around the ring, and <laughs> while and, while you had him up. Yes, while I had oh, him. Oh boy. Uh, oh. So oh, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> what the hell? Um, I remember there. You know, uh, Shoop was there. Uh, Kimmy Diamond was there. Uh, of course, PT was our trainer and whatnot. Uh, like, all those people there, you know, you could just see it was just like, oh, shit, this guy is really fucking strong. Like, really yeah. strong. Um, you know, and then I hey, hey, to, to be fair, who hasn't suplexed Shoop? I shoot, I suplexed Shoop in high school. Oh, I, I said propane. Not oh, well, okay. Well, him too. <laughs> him too. Um, but I'm, I'm certain you could suplex propane. Uh, you know, he's he's a pro. He'll he'll tell you exactly what to do. You'll get it. <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so I trained Oliver John, and then he ended up closing the school. I guess it's hard to keep schools in the sack. And then I was, uh, I was training myself. I was training to really get ready to go and then I got hurt again and that was my severe bad injury mm -hmm. taking me out of here so I had a nerve injury in my neck um and I had been I've been going to physical therapy since uh number of MRIs and right and, you know everything trying to figure it out and you know some you know couple of people said pinch nerve couple I got a stenosis <laughs> you know a couple different things you know where it was like i'm still don't really know what's going on um but that took me out for years and then i just couldn't train because of the pain that i was in. right you know so 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 i guess a way to compare it would be like like uh, in short think think of uh what happened to, to edge then mm -hmm. uh, brian anderson uh jason jordan um who I met randomly at a casino. Um, Did you? Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. um, we met in the bathroom of the casino, actually. Okay. Um, and I remember uh, he was, I was going out as he was coming in and <laughs> and I'm like, you're you, you know? And, and I think he might've appreciated me because I was like, uh, I'll, I'll wait for you to get done, <laughs> you know? I think, uh, you know, my proximity to the business helps me, you know, mark out a little less, you know, when the 
in the proximity of people. You know, I get, I understand the business, um, you know, more, you know, where you know, there's ways of respect and communication that we have. And, um, you know, so I'm like, oh, I was DJing at the time. Um, you you have know, a better understanding of, of, I don't want to say the, the respect, but you're not obsessively fanboying out. You're, you're more like, hey, yeah. I know who you are. I appreciate what you do. Yeah versus oh my god sign this thing right yeah no no exactly i, I feel you yeah you know and you know so it's like i'm able to appreciate the celebrity but also appreciate our you know connection to being part of the same industry right uh, as well um, but yeah you know we so the same type of injury you know taking me out you know, and, and i'm just going to rehab therapy and sports medicine and i'm doing all these different types of things to try to work everything out and Virgil Flynn that started his promotion in Sacramento. Yep. So we got you know, VF3, yep. we got Supreme Pro, uh, you know, and, you know, they're both doing training and it's kind of intertwined, but, you know, they're both doing, you know, you're both, you're training these, you know, with these guys. And by time I was finally able to, you know, I felt comfortable. I won't say that I'm like, you know, fully recovered, but I, I would feel comfortable Good. now. Right. By the time that started to happen, uh, you know, rest in peace with, you know, Virgil Flynn passed. So yep. there's no more VF3. Um, guys like The Riv, and, uh, you know, started to transition in what they were doing with the business, uh, the people who were most involved with VF3. Um, some pre-pro also was in training in Sacramento. They started training in Yuba City. Um, and... You know, it was difficult for me to, to figure out a way that I could train consistently, you know, with having to travel, uh, you know, 40 minutes there and then 40 minutes back and mm -hmm. you're working full time. And I've also been a grad student, you know, all yes. throughout this journey, you know, you know, working towards master's and now towards doctorate. So trying to balance all of that and then squeezing professional wrestling, you know, which is really hard. And then so. No, so, so for me now, it's just been like, there's nowhere to train that's, you know, closer to me. Um, and I've had to try to make the personal decisions on, do I relocate to a place that makes it a lot easier for me to be able to train? Or do I continue to establish myself professionally to this mm -hmm. point you know, where I can go and do that, but I'm safe regardless? Um, it's been, it's been... It's been like really tough for me, honestly. Mm -hmm. I feel like I just consistently get older and I'm not able to achieve this goal that I had set for myself. It's very achievable goal. Um, I, I, I know myself, I know my ability. And you know, you, you the things that, that I was able to do, the things I was able to do in training from, you know, that I was experiencing with springboard maneuvers, top rope maneuvers. Right. Um, you know, my trainer compares me to Ricky Steamboat. Like it's, it's you know not just in what I'm learning to do, but it's in my ability, my ability to be the strongest guy in the ring, and also the guy that can jump the highest. And <laughs> you know, I'm the guy that can lift some guy over my head, but I'm also the guy that can you know jump over the top rope. You know. Right. <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, having that ability, um, like, it's it's been rough to, like, 
look at what I couldn't do in this journey of being hurt. Um, sure. And then now, now it's like, you know, with the age I'm at, do I want to shift my life at this point so that I can train in wrestling? Mm -hmm. And that's a decision that eats me up because it's like I'm I'm at a point where I have responsibilities with family. I have a you know I have a girlfriend. I you know I have these you know other goals in life. I have a you know grandmother who I contribute to taking care of her. And, you know there's things that I have to do, responsibilities I have, and I have to shift from that if I want to be able to train and wrestle. Right, stuff I won't be able to do. And how bad do I want to do that? is one part but then there's also the how does it affect everybody else how does it affect my girlfriend if i say yeah. i leave this job so i can get a job that i can go to training for mm -hmm. you know how does that am i going to be able to pay rent the same way am i going to be able to cover the bills am i going to be able to take care of my grandmother when she needs somebody to, to uh you know watch her you know and i'm like sure. i am training um that's been the dilemma um it's <laughs> i know i'm going way around no 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 i'm always saying it's all connected it's always it's connected back. man it's always yeah. connected but as for wrestling it's always connected i mean <laughs> you're you yeah you know? i mean dude you're 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 younger than me i guys you have all the talent in the world man and and whatever you decide to do going forward man if it's wrestling it's whatever man you you know uh i know you'd kick ass regardless and you know i'm gonna support you so you just you know you do what you do man and i'll be i'll be right there rooting you on man so i got yeah, you yeah, it means a lot another example too uh you know we talked about the way you know the characters of professional wrestling influences and whatnot yep um just in the professional roles i've had like i was a high school teacher for a while um, yes yes you were yeah, and I'll say this, uh, high school students are at the point where they can smell your bullshit. Um, now, you know, was this in like, Vegas or was this in Sac? This in Sacramento. Okay. Um, Vegas uh, was elementary school. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Elementary school as well. Uh, that, that, I don't even want to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you... You are a different beast if you're a good elementary school. Okay. Okay. Well, high school, at least you can you can call somebody a knucklehead or an idiot if they're sure. doing something stupid and they're not gonna, you know, they're not all gonna try to get you fired because you said, dude, you're an idiot. What's your problem? Yeah. You know, they, they they're probably gonna understand that they were an idiot if I said that they're an idiot, you know. <laughs> um, like like you know, we got the rationale. Like, like some some of us are of sound mind enough where I where we can call people an idiot and they'll laugh about it and be like, you know what, I was right. Yeah. Some of y'all out there are just evil. Gonna to call take people. it way to the other. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, it was a you know it was a performance when I was teaching. Yeah. Um, and I found I was better when I was doing that than I was when I was authentic. Um, the problem ends up being like, if I'm in this character, that's also the way that I'm interacting with my students as well. I'm not just up here pointing to the board and doing a lesson. Now, uh, 
I have to continue to be that. Um, you know, think of, think of, uh, you know, some, think of someone with a character, you know, real character in wrestling, yeah. you know, like a Stone Cold and Stone Cold is out the ring and he walks to the fans and he gives them all the middle finger, you know, because I don't like any of you and I'll whip all your asses. Like that was his character in the ring. I'll whip everybody's ass backstage. He has to continue to be that in front of the people. Um, you know, he's Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, and I remember watching, um, if you watch the Legends House on the WWE Network. Yes, uh, yes, I did. <laughs> right. Um, Piper, he makes that comment because there's an episode with Gary Busey and Gary Busey basically. Yes. Gets he's like, you know, once I'm, you know, once we're done filming, you know, like you see me in public, I don't have to act as a character, you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know, well, I do. I have to be Roddy Piper all the time. I yeah. don't get to not be Roddy Piper. Um, you know, people have stabbed me because I'm Roddy Piper. <laughs> no one has stabbed Gary Busey because he no. played as a character in the movie. No. But people have stabbed Roddy Piper because he he performed as Roddy Piper. Um, you know, and that, and that point resonated with me a lot, you know, because it was like, now it's like, I don't get to really do what I want to do with the students because I'm in this persona where I'm doing what I know is going to work. I know this is going to work, but I also know that this is not going to have the connection that I need with the students. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but but that type of perform the you know performance, um, being able to exhibit uh, you know a certain charisma, um, and of course uh, you know just like in the business, uh, the your presentation it, it matters. Um, so I learned a lot about using my voice. I learned a lot about. Uh, my posture and my physique, and I learned the way people respond to it. Um, despite not being tall, I learned that people are afraid when I walk up towards them. Yeah, you know, so I learned how to use that to my advantage as part of a character. <laughs> oh yeah, you know, I, you, yeah, you would know, you know. So we we know what it's like to, you know, what I, I, I'll, be, I'll admit, I've done it. I've pretended to be angry to get what I want. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I pretended for sure. to be to be me and you know I won't sp- specify what I am but you can look at me and get a guess of what people might <laughs> see me as you know and, and now I'm angry yeah so what do you think a lot of people are going to do see, when they see me I just <laughs> uh I just have one of those faces where I just I my default face is I look pissed mm-hmm. off and yeah for I the for the for the longest time I would have to, you know, oh no, man, like like at work, at work, my 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 boss always thinks I'm just pissed off. I'm just always mad. And it went from, you know what, no man, I'm good. This is just this is just how I look to, you know, I I embrace it. I'm like, you know right. what? Fine. If it if you think I'm mad at you just because the way I look, and that gets me out of a conversation. Or it lets me do what, you know, lets me work more because I don't have to talk to you because you think I'm in a bad mood. Dude, I'll let it mm-hmm. ride. I'll let it ride because I know that I can get more work done if you just think I'm mad at you and I'm not going to talk to you. Like, whatever. It's just how I look. I just, I, I always mm-hmm. look, uh, I've been told that I always look like I'm mad or I always mm-hmm. look like I'm up to something. 
<laughs> and, and even when I'm like, no, nah, man, I'm just hanging out. I'm like, oh no, you're you're planning something. You're you've got something going on. I'm like, dude, it's just how I look. It's just my face. <laughs> but whatever. If that's what you want to do, then I'm not gonna correct anymore, man. Just 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 get out of my office. But <laughs> no, I, I feel you. So yeah, how and, and like I, I'm a I'm a shorter guy myself. And so I've but I'm I'm broad. I'm I'm a bigger guy. So I've had to learn how to use my body language to kind of offset my height. And yeah. again, everyone just always thinks I'm pissed off. I'm like, no, it's just the, uh, I, 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 I caught myself, dude. I always catch myself accidentally walking like um, Tomohiro Ishii, <laughs> right? Because I, no, I, I have no neck. I have these broad shoulders and I just kind of just, I'm all torso. Like, like my girlfriend likes to say, I'm all, I'm all torso. I, I, I have no, like, I'm, I have no legs. I have no arms. I'm just all like this long ass torso. So I saw Ishii and I'm like, dude, that's me. Like if I was a wrestler, I'd, I'd be Tomohiro Ishii. Mm-hmm. And so I just, I roll with that. And I, I started like, like, well, I was the other day I was moving her. I'm like, fuck. Ishii walks like I do now. That could be because my, my, you know, my knees jacked up and everything hurts, but hell, I kind of move around like Ishii now. I'm realizing the older I get, the more I'm turning into Muda because I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and then because uh, uh, my, my knees are shot and everything hurts. And then uh, now the, the joke is uh, like my girlfriend th- uh, says, the, I'm turning into Conan. <laughs> and I don't know how wow. to feel about that. I don't know how I feel about that one. But uh, I, I used to think when I was younger, I looked like Taz. And I, 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 I rolled with that for as long as I could, but the older I get, the more I realize I'm turning into Conan. So, and I got a podcast and pretty soon I'm going to start hounding people be like, Hey, do you listen to my podcast? I'll put you on the podcast. So I'm going to go full Conan, dude. I'm just going to go full Conan. I'm going to embrace it and just keep going. Man, that's, <laughs> I mean, it's not the worst comparison. I, you know, I've been called worse things. <laughs> been called worse um, things. But I, I, I feel you, man. And so, you know, I, I never thought of using, again, using wrestling for other things, but using wrestling in teaching and right. using, you know, because in wrestling, you're trying to keep the crowd engaged. You're trying to keep everyone, you know, entertained. Teaching's the same way. You have to keep these kids engaged to follow the lesson mm-hmm. and keep everything going. So you are essentially cutting an eight-hour promo five days a week right and and, and this is going to be an interesting dynamic right like because we earlier we talked about performing in front of uh hundreds of people as a professional wrestler mm-hmm. and you want to please as many of those people as possible so that way you continue to come out and you continue to make money um, that's what happens the more people like you more or or respond the way that you want them to respond in the business is how you get more you get more money you get more shows you get more booking you get more time everything works in your favor because you're good at what you do whereas in teaching you have the students and it's the same way you know and and we have observations as teachers as well. So you're going to have administrators come in and grade you. They're going to mm-hmm. grade your performance. <laughs> uh, you know, so they, there's a rubric of, of classroom management, 
the content, you know, all these different things. And, you know, one administrator can be the person to say that you're not good. Right. And that can change everything for you. You know, whereas in the, you know, in the, in the wrestling business, you know, one person can say that you're not good, but it may not change anything at all. Because 599 other people said we like this person. Mm-hmm. We think that we think that they're good. You know, so it's like at the same time, it's like you got to try to figure out a way to entertain each person and, you know, individually, you know, and you're learning a lot. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. You know, you want to resonate with each person's, you know, heart. And that's an individual thing. A lot of people feel similar things based on where they live, based on what's going on in the world, uh, you know, different dynamics, uh, you know, we're culturally so diverse in so many different ways, you know, so it's like, in this environment, I know that I can connect to this many people. Um, a simple example of that in the business is uh, getting a cheap pop or a cheap heat, Right. you know, you're, you're in the city somewhere and you're you know, you're in, you're performing in Sacramento, you're good evening, Sacramento. People love hearing where they live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so now you've already connected to each person on an individual level because they felt that, but they all congregated together. So you get this group dynamic of, you know, I like Sacramento. I like Sacramento too. We like this guy because he likes Sacramento, which means he likes me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the opposite way around, you know, uh, can't believe I have to be in front of this idiot city filled town of Sacramento, you know? <laughs> you know, now everybody, how dare you insult my city? And you're insulting me. Yeah, I am taking that personally. You <laughs> insulted my home. Right. And, you know, so it's like that, that dynamic when I was teaching, you know, versus being in front of people because I'm trying to get a different segment of people impressed by this performance that I'm sure. putting on. You know, and, and it's the same performance, but it's like giving in a different direction as well. Um, you know, so I, I, it's really cool. Like, like, I never really thought of it, you know, from that perspective till now. Um, like, who was grading me? You know, the students are grading me, mm-hmm. you know, but a principal comes and they're grading me on a different scale, uh, you know, because they're grading the students as well. Are the students engaged with you? You know, and if they're not, that's a youth thing. It's not about if the students, <laughs> you know, if they're, you know, why aren't you paying attention? You know, they're looking at me like, why aren't they paying attention? You know, and you get there, it's, it's, you know, it's really crazy. You know, it's like similar in weird in this weird dynamic. Um, it reminds me of something though. Um, and it's something that that, that kind of gets at me. And, you know, it's just, it's this conversation related to diversity in wrestling. Okay. And I, I feel like a lot of people miss the mark on what diversity means because it doesn't just mean that we have people. <laughs> right. You know, it doesn't just mean they're there. Um, you know, in contrary to popular belief, it doesn't mean that they have to always win either. No. <laughs> right. You know, like, it, there's nothing saying that we want, you know, like, like, you know, 
we want specific people to be champions, you know. But it's a it's a entirety of things. It's like climate change, you know. A lot of people reduce climate change to just the weather, you know. But it's a it's a mixture of not just weather, but also our contributions, you know, uh, in terms of uh, pollution, in terms of waste, uh, it's, you know, everything coming together. Um, you know, and that's what it's like uh, in professional wrestling, you know, where uh, it's not just that they're there, but everything's supposed to have a role that's deemed beneficial, win or lose, no matter how it goes, like, like we can look at like how the Usos and the New Day have been booked. Um, Xavier Woods, King Xavier Woods, Big E on Raw. Um, they don't win every match. You know, they don't, we see them a lot. And, and <laughs> I want to talk about this too. There's so much to talk about pro wrestling. Um, you know, we can talk about like how we see the Usos in the New Day all the time, but um, I like it still. But the thing is, you're not seeing the Usos win every single time, no. regardless of if they're the champions. You're not seeing them win every single time. You're not seeing the New Day win every single time. Um, but you're seeing them involved and you're seeing them in something that's that's has significance, importance. Um, you know, so it's not, you know, you don't just get to say, oh, well, this company has this person, that person, that person, they're the first, you know, it's like, you got to understand that when people are saying, hey, we, we see an issue with diversity, you know, it's a matter of, uh, the way you're depicted. Right. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm, I'm a black guy and obviously in it meant a lot for me to see how uh, New Day was being booked, and you know, eventually the Hurt business. Before, before that, there's not a lot of black wrestlers in particular, no. let alone a lot of black wrestlers who are really, uh, you know, highlighted. You know, they're 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 they have a significant role in the show, um, and. You know, when when you are a person of color, as you know, you are looking for somebody uh, that that you can relate to. Um, yeah, and very much so. We relate to, and we relate to. It's important to people who need to know. We relate to people. It's beyond skin color. You know, Kane was my favorite wrestler. Kane didn't have a skin color. He had a mask. <laughs> I don't know who Kane is. Uh, you know, but but I felt that dynamic of like you know, just kind of like. My dynamic as a kid, I felt hurt while I was a kid, you know, based on my dynamic. You know, I felt like there was a lot of pain that I had that I couldn't, you know, really share yep. with people. Yeah. So I connected with Kane. You know, that meant a lot to me. So it's not always a, a skin color. And that just shows, you know, goes with diversity as well. You know, you're trying to reach, you know, reach people on an intellectual level. You know, people who have disabilities want to be reflected. Zach Gowan meant a whole lot to so many people. Uh because he got to be a big part of the show. It wasn't about title matches. It wasn't about you got to win every match. But he got to come out and he got to be highly involved. You know, we don't see that. You know, you know, we don't always see that. And when, and when we don't see that, it's not wrong for us to say that we don't see that. Because, you know, we 
as we're, as as part of this country, as part of the you know the area where this is being broadcast, you know, as part of the audience, like we want to be seen equal when I'm watching TV. I want to be looked at the same way as everybody else when I'm watching TV because in my real life, it's not that way. It's not so much that we want to be seen as champions. We just want to be seen, period. Right. And I, I think that's the issue a lot of people are having is, you know, when, when people say, oh, we want more diversity in wrestling or, or any or sports, comics, whatever, but let's stick with wrestling for, for the sake of this conversation. When people Never say that, mind. when people say that we want to see more diversity in wrestling, they mm-hmm. automatically assume, oh, you want wrestler X to win because they are skin color Y and they need to be the champion. No, 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 no. We're not saying that at all. If, if they're the champion because it makes sense in the story, fantastic. That is Great. awesome. And if you can again make that character connection, that's a that's a bonus, dude. What I never want to see again as a, as a Latino male, as as a uh, half white, half Mexican, I remember seeing the Mexicals. Oh gosh! Riding a damn lawnmower in uh, friggin' jumpsuits with their names on it. Run, running out to the ring just and i just remember i, I was like again i was a kid and even then i was like dude this is bad i don't want to see this ever again and again these same folks that are like well you're getting your diversity you had the mexicals dude really i had the mexicals you know right. we went from the filthy animals in wcw to the Mexicals. Yeah. And that that stung, dude. That that hurt so bad as a wrestling fan, as someone who wanted to to again find wrestlers that looked like me, that sounded like me. And they're coming out on goddamn lawnmowers. Yeah. And jumpsuits. Yeah. You know, and so what I'm saying when I when I want to see more diversity in wrestling, I'm not saying that you have to make Juventud Guerrera the you know WWE champion. I'm not saying that at all. But I want to see representation that's not exploitive, right? And that is a, it's a fine line because people think that that's enough. That just having a minority on TV counts and it, it doesn't, it, it's, you know, I, you want a well meaning, you want a balanced, you know, a, a story, a character that you can go, you know what, this is something I can relate to. This is something that I can aspire to be. And there's not a whole lot of that going on and, and, and it's gotten better. Um, the independent scene has been so great with diversity in all aspects, man. You, you look at a, 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 a I'll, I'll use GCW as an example. You have uh, uh, Hispanic wrestlers, you have black wrestlers, you have LGBTQ wrestlers all being featured heavily 
but it's not a what makes them a minority is not the focus of the character they they are not if if you look at uh effie who is a a a gay wrestler he is a wrestler who happens to be gay you know what i mean it's not a focus you're you're not putting a, a magnifying glass on what makes that person different they just happen to be different and right. when you see companies bigger companies doesn't matter if it's you know back in the day with wcw doesn't matter if it's wwe even aew to an extent you know if, if you put that magnifying well you know we we have this person on there oh okay you have that person on there well well why well because they're they're this Okay, are, are are they this or are they this? But they also happen to be that too. But but you're choosing to focus on that part, and that's yeah. the part that 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 irks me. Is you know you're you're putting so much focus on on the one thing. But yeah, I'm ranting. I, I mean, it's a it's a worthy rant. I mean, it's a, it's a it's been a, you know, very recent discussion, um, you know, the, the transcends professional wrestling. I think that's the cool thing about professional wrestling is its own world is like reflective of the world around it. Um, you know, and, and all those things really like amplify in the professional mm-hmm. wrestling world. Um, you know, the dynamic of race, gender, uh, you know, the way we identify the, you know, just different demographics we fall in and the politics uh, that that influence it. Um, and it was a, you know, as a black wrestling fan, um, there were never many prolific black wrestlers. You know, I was fortunate to have, uh, have Booker T as a kid um, who, you know, became world champion a whole lot in WCW. Um, five time, five times, so five times. <laughs> Um, you know, so he he and The Rock were the first Black World Champions uh, that I recognized, and um, you know, but it was like it, like you said, that's a dynamic that's part of us. You know, it's not like this is this is what we're saying. You know, like you know, it's about you know, it's about having you know something that has significance and importance. You know, not just to us, but to the show. Um, you know, if you bring out 20 black guys and they all get, uh, you know, choke slammed and pinned in 30 seconds, you don't get to say, you know, well, there were 20 different black wrestlers that were on the show. The show was clearly diverse. You know, they were, you know, oh, were there. someone's going to say that. Someone's going to say that. Um, you know, but it's like, you know, there, there's value to this person being on screen, uh, you know, for that person who happens to share a skin color like me, come from a background like me. Um, you know, after The Rock left, we had Booker T and that was it, you know, in terms of a mainstream Black wrestler that was, you know, like on television that we got to really gravitate to. Mm-hmm. Um, See, you know, but, and, then, and, but then you had, you know, the the infamous Triple H WrestleMania moment with mm-hmm. the you know you people and you shouldn't be here and this should not you people should not be in this spot 
Now, of course, you dancer, you're an entertainer. Yeah, that's, that, that's what you do. Dance for me, but that's what yeah. you said. Do, yeah. do a little dance for me, but yeah, and, and you know that. I, so before I was a WWE guy, I was a strict WCW guy. I didn't get into WWF until uh, honestly, right before the buyout. Mm-hmm. So WCW was my primary promotion. So seeing a, a guy like Booker T gain such success in WCW, going over WWE, thinking that was a big deal, and then hearing that, nah, man, that 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 hurt. That hurt. So it was rough. it was really rough, you know, because in you know you're not having a lot of us that are you know, doing anything that's like significant. And if it is significant, it's not in a positive role. No. Um, You know, like, and, you know, so much respect to these guys, you know, you know, Chad and Chad and Jay in crime time, you know, they uh, had that (laughs) that gimmick Um, and they were good at it. They were really good and really entertaining and the fans loved them. And, and I don't, hate them for the role i don't hate no. the role i thought they really i enjoyed crime time it was something that i could culturally connect to um you know but it just leads to you know back to that point too there we had that but there wasn't any anyone else black that was you know an antithesis to a stereotype he, right. kofi kingston comes around at the time and he's uh jamaican you know so that's what he's doing um you know, and no one else was really doing anything, you know, that just existed. Uh, MVP is around at that time, but MVP is doing the, you know, superstar pro athlete thing. You know, that's something that I, I yeah, I get that. I'm, you know, I see that all the time. So, you know, <laughs> black athletes are these dynamic superstars and all that. That's getting big chains and come diamonds all over the place. Mm-hmm. Like that's what they're, you know, so, so there's not, you know, anything, you know, where like, even if it's in a, you know, position, it's like something where it's just like, you know, it's still a caricature of, of my culture, you know, my people in, in so many different ways, regardless of if they have a, a championship belt on them or anything, you know, it's, uh, it hasn't been a caricature, um, you know, so it's like, when you say diversity, like we want, we just want people included and, and, and it to have value, you know, and, right. and it not to be predicated on skin color, but it's cool for us to see that. Like, when I say, oh, it's great, when I, I talk a lot about black professional wrestlers, there's not a lot, so it means a lot. Um, you know, I talk about like in, you know, even in like New Japan, uh, Bob Sapp is the only black champion yes. in, in Japan history. And, you know, Bob, Bob Sapp was, you know, he had to look. <laughs> Um, you know, but it's like, if that's, you know, if that's the only representation that I have and I'll, you know, granted it's Japan, granted there's a you know, limited number of black professional wrestlers and, you know, that's a specific promotion that mm-hmm. does in their way. Um, it's like, you know, you're not seeing it there. Uh, you go to TNA and, you know, there's a our truth, Ron Killings, um, you know, and and he had a you know very 
uh, stereotypical character as well that he that he had, and you know, and it was authentic. But and we appreciated, we love her. Like it was not even hating. It's not hating, but it was like that was it. So it was like no matter where I'm watching wrestling as a black kid, that's what I'm seeing is 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 a is a caricature, regardless of if it's important. But it was just like the only you know at that point. The flip side is the only thing I have in common with crime time is my skin color. The only thing mm-hmm. I have in common with Kofi is my skin color. But uh, killings is my skin color in TNA. Um, and that's it because I don't identify with, uh, I'm not Jamaican. I'm not, you know, I don't commit crimes or anything. Um, so, yeah, we want people to, you know, be involved in, and, and we like, you know, that there's a, you know, we can talk about their culture and not try to make a caricature of it at the same right. time. The way that they talked about Sasha Banks and Bianca at WrestleMania being two black women that, right. that made their history, main event in WrestleMania, um, or last year, uh, it's January. <laughs> um, we were able to look at that match and say that they made history as black women and their blackness wasn't the emphasis of the match. Right. Like we enjoyed the match because it was a good match. It was they did what they had to do, and the fans were completely sold. And important too, as you probably saw, it took a lot of advocating from the fans as well. Yes. <laughs> there was a lot of fan. There were a lot of fans who felt like they didn't deserve the main event or they weren't good enough for the main event. Um, you know, they 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 saw that we said. We said we should have two black women main event WrestleMania. They saw that and thought that we were in some way saying that other races were bad or shouldn't wrestle or shouldn't in a main event WrestleMania. Um, and it wasn't the case. No. You know, but we, you know, we continue to advocate for it and support it. Um, you know, and that got to be something where like that was part of our identity, but it wasn't, that wasn't the focus. Focus wasn't the mean black. The focus was. Bianca is the rookie, Sasha is the vet, Sasha is the boss. And this is a really big match because people love Sasha and people love Bianca. Mm -hmm. That was what the match was. And guess what? They're making history at the same time. You know, like that, that at like an ultimate level is what we mean when we say we want diversity in professional wrestling. Like, I, I gauge I, I gauge pro wrestling a lot on the reaction of kids. Hmm. But I was like, when I'm in a show physically and I'm watching the match, and I'm watching the fans too, but I'm watching the kids because I just seeing their reactions on stuff, good or bad. You know, when a kid gets really amped about something, man, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, at the, uh, the New Japan show in San Jose, I was at recently uh there was a a little kid up in the balcony the only person in the building chanting for jay white and it didn't matter he was the only kid doing it but it did not matter because for that kid that match that wrestler was all they were focused on and i thought that was the dopest thing but for this though for what you know with with the bianca and, and sasa match I saw kids in the crowd. I saw, uh, you know, little kids, black, white, brown, whatever. And just the, the look on their, the, the, you know, the, the little girls, little, little black girls crying. 
because they saw someone that looked like them at the main event. Dude, I cried just thinking about that I, match. Dude, I, I, I <laughs> I'm getting teary eyed now thinking about it, dude. Damn. <laughs> I remember uh, I watched it. I watched it. I was at work when they wrestled. I was at work. Um, you know, and at the time I was I was working uh, with, uh, you know, underprivileged young people. I was at a job corps. I was supervising the dorms, and um, and I remember I pulled it up at work, watched it on the work computer, yeah. um, and I was in tears like the whole time because it meant so many different things, so many different people. Like you said, like there's you know, girls that dress like Bianca Belair all the time. And they're not all black girls, you know, like even tonight in the rumble, white girl had her long ponytail, yeah. a little white lipstick, sunglasses, long ponytail, like Bianca Belair, um, you know, which is what we're saying, you know, like we get to have this additional pre appreciation for Bianca Belair who can connect to people on an entirely different level, you know, like, so many kids can be inspired by Bianca Belair, but the black girls can look at Bianca Belair yeah. and, and see someone. And, and Bianca Belair, you know, is like, despite, you know, the way that she talks and dresses and what she does is she's transcended this like caricature of, mm -hmm. of like blackness, you know, where like it's cool to everybody. And like, that was, that was really meaningful to me when they wrestled, um, and just having started training, you know, I started training around the same time as Sasha Banks. Um, right. You know, so we, um, you know, before she bounced around, you know, she was there. there we probably crossed paths at shows, um, you know, around mm -hmm. you know, her Fairfield. Um, you know, and just being able to see that growth. Um, and with Bianca Belair, when I was in college, uh, I lived with people on the Chico State track team. So, they would watch track all the time. Um, so I remember being in my apartment in college and Bianca Blair being on TV mm -hmm. <laughs> because my track uh, field roommates, they watched it all the time. It was just always on TV. So I remember seeing Bianca Blair, the track athlete, when I was in college, you know, and I remember training and wrestling and, you know, knowing when I was training and wrestling, Sasha Banks was training and wrestling. We're all around the same age, Bianca mm -hmm. Blair, Sasha yeah. Banks. Yeah. Um, you know, so being able to watch that all come together on television, you know, knowing Sasha's journey and knowing Bianca's journey and appreciating what they've done to get to that point. But then also being able to look at it and be like, wow, yeah, as a black person, this is really cool too. Um, it's like, it's like when the, the Black Panther movie came out. Yes. Uh, you know, we got to appreciate it as a superhero movie, but for us, like, that was the first time that, like, on television, I or, in, you know, in a movie theater, anywhere, mm -hmm. I got to see, like, a Black kingdom that was stylized in a way that people would, like, stylize a metropolis where Superman was, Gotham where Batman is, and, um, you know, Hogwarts with Harry Potter, and you know, that was the first time I got to see, like, this is a kingdom with people who look like me. Yep. You know, and, 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 and they're respected, you know, uh, they're not, 
you know, it's it, they're 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 treat they they treat each other, you know, great, and, and you know they're high tech. You know, it's not like having to turn on the TV and I, you know, I see myself in projects on TV, yeah. you know, or I see myself getting arrested or or you know, just some caricature of 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 blackness. And that was what that WrestleMania main event meant. It was Sasha and Bianca. You know, it was like this extra element where I get to look like, yo, I appreciate all of this because it's important for black girls to see this but it's important for everybody to see it and it's important in so many this multi-tier level of ways where it's just like this this was important and this is why diversity matters in wrestling just like everywhere else you know it's it's these different dynamics that can be created you know there's different energy when you have different minds different you know, different people from different backgrounds. You know, we're gonna we're gonna put together a different picture mm-hmm. of things. Um, in business, it's proven. There's studies that show diverse corporations, diverse companies, they they perform better uh, than the more homogenized companies, and it just makes sense. You know, if you have a team of ten people and eight of them come from the same place and have the same background they're all going to think the same things. Well, it, it creates a very static environment and create, you know, there, right. there's no, there's no growth. There's no, right. Uh, there's no evolution. There's, there's, it's just the same thing over and over again. And we've seen that in wrestling where it is the same thing over mm-hmm. and over. And I, I, I hate to say it because we're going to move into the rumble pretty soon, yeah. We're starting to see some of the same things over mm-hmm. and over again. So, yes. yeah. uh, you know, diversity <laughs> brings in a n- different thought processes, a new set of eyes, a new concept. Uh, you need that influx of just something new, right? Because again, right. if you have, like you said, if you have 10 people in a room and eight people are exactly the same, nothing's going to get, nothing's going to change. You're going to just keep having this same cycle of the same thing over and over again. And we are kind of seeing that with WWE management kind of being the same, you know, through better and worse, you know, right now we're looking at the the, the era of Vince McMahon and Bruce Mm -hmm. Prichard. Mm -hmm. Once again, in power. And we're starting to see old habits return yeah and and unfortunately and and that that is kind of the kicker is is you know when when we look at what wwe has done in the last what the 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 women's revolution that was five years six no longer than that probably about what six six years ago trying yeah to remember uh hell because I was at WrestleMania 31, and that was right before that. So that was 20. That was 2015. So about 2016 was when the the you know yeah. you, you had your. Yeah. But you know all all these changes all the the this they started to to really embrace new stuff. You know the the women got it. You know over the years, uh, WrestleMania main events they got you know, Royal Rumbles, Hell in a Cells. There was this, this, you know, literally a women's 
revolution. You started to see uh, a different, um, I'm going to say the independent body type, but, but when it comes to wrestling, you know, there was less very large, very, you know, Slower, slower pace. You know, we start to see more work rate wrestlers, right? We start to see, you know, your your Brian Danielsons, your Adam Coles, you know, there CM Punks. There, you know, there were uh, changes afoot, and now I fear that we're going to start regressing to old habits. And when I'm seeing, you know, when I'm watching NXT now. I don't recognize, I, I know it's rebranded. I know it's NXT 2.0 now. I don't recognize NXT anymore. I, I watched it this week for the first time in a couple weeks and I did not recognize the product anymore. It has become more or less a Bruce Pritchard-esque program. Yeah. And it's a, it's a damn shame, but... You know, when it, so looking at today's Royal Rumble, uh, you know, it, it like, like we said before we recorded, it was a show that happened. You know, <laughs> when, when, I, when I think back to the Royal Rumble, uh, you know, it, it is outside of WrestleMania, probably my favorite WWE show of the year uh, because, of the, because of the surprises, because of the you know, the Royal Rumble finds this way, just like WrestleMania, you find this way to capitalize on nostalgia by bringing in legends, former stars. Um, you find a way to, you know, it's, it's always been a, a good way to elevate a newer, you don't have to win, but elevating a newer star. Uh, in the last few years, it's been a way to introduce uh, NXT talent. Yeah, and um, that didn't, that didn't happen. <laughs> that, that did I not happen. Go there. <laughs> um, so let's you know. Uh, the good news is, I think we're both on the same page on the show, so we don't have to go into tremendous, you know, deep dive on this one. So uh, before we go home, let's just let's just blow through this and kind of because uh, I do want to hear your thoughts on this stuff because it was. It was a show. <laughs> so it opened up with Seth Rollins against Roman Reigns. Oh, man. <laughs> and, the, you, you know, uh, the you watch more WWE than I do. I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, that's the one that's you definitely have that on me. You watch a lot more than I do. Who was I supposed to cheer for in this? That is a very good question. Um, you know, and I think that that sometimes is 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 really, you know, is cool about the dynamic of, of professional wrestling is that sometimes you're going to get that difference. It's not always going to be good guy, bad guy. Right. Um, and which is, is cool when you have the right characters uh, right. because it happens organically. You know, it happens where this person is so good at being the bad guy that 
Like, it's good and I like it. And I understand it the same way people say, you know, like Thanos was right, you know, for, for doing a snap, yeah. you know, you know what? That makes sense that Thanos did the snap because look at how these people are acting, you know, and then you get someone, uh, you know, like Roman Reigns, you know what? It makes sense. Rain, Roman Reigns has a point. Yeah. You know, and, and so does Seth Rollins. They both have a point, you know, and, 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 and fortunately two more than two things can be right at once. Um, you know, believe it or not, professional wrestling world, <laughs> you know, more than one thing can be okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I don't, I mean, I think that uh, you probably were supposed to cheer for Seth Rollins in that match. Um, Seth Rollins being the, uh, you know, the curveball out of nowhere. Oh, here it comes. Oh, what's Roman? You know, it was, it was Roman's response. You know, yeah. what are you, what are you going to do with this curveball? Like, that was how this match happened. Um, you well, know, so it's like you had, you uh, had, you had Seth playing off the history of the Shield. Mm -hmm. You had a uh, uh, not one, not two, but three. Uh, references to to not Dean Ambrose, but Moxley. Yeah, and uh, that was important. that was cool. I I I yeah. I, I kind of had to rewind that a couple of times. I was like, wait a second, did, did I did I hear that right? Did did, did you know the, he's talking about you know, someone who's not with the company anymore, and he's he's using a different name. They they don't really like to to do that that often, so. You had you had that going on. You had uh, I thought uh, Seth's entrance today with the shield gear. Mm. <laughs> that was <laughs> that was next level trolling, man. I, I thought that yeah. was hilarious. Um, but and then you yeah. had you had the I, I I think you said this on Twitter, but I think it was the 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 fastest table break in WWE. Yeah. Yeah, I, I they think went, you're right, dude. They they bell rang and the table broke. Yeah, they went quick, you know. And and, and I, I I appreciate that type of storytelling because you know both of these two guys are, are guys that can work substantially different than than uh, what they did in that match. Right. Um, we know these guys can get technical. We know these guys can can go at a fast pace. We know these guys can do so many different things. Um, I think one of the my bigger observations that match, like you said, it, it went quick, you know, but it, you know, with this Seth Rollins trolling Roman Reigns thing, we felt sorry for Roman Reigns. You know, <laughs> like Seth, you did betray Roman Reigns. You know, and, and <laughs> for us as as fans that you know that can distance ourselves, you know, a little more, the fans turn on Roman Reigns too. You know, and, you know, this whole, like, storyline is so connected because you see the way that, like, Reigns took control of his family mm -hmm. uh, and not and not just becoming a storyline, you know, but it's almost like a, a, a Stockholm Syndrome thing. Yes. You know? uh, where now Jay and, and Jimmy are, we need, we need him. We need him. Um, you know, when it gets connected to the Seth Rollins feud that he's in now. 
because he needed the shield. You know, well, I, when I say he needed the shield, they were a team. You know, yes. they depended on each other. They had each other's back. And then that was my brother, and he turned on me. You broke up the family. You, yeah, you, you broke up the family. And, and, you know, I tried to 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 be the person to stand up for everything that was right, and you all turned on me. I'm keeping Jimmy and Jay right here. Yep. yep. <laughs> they're saying right here, they're not going to turn on me because everybody else did. And that, you know, not to, you know, go deeply, but, you know, my manager, Paul Heyman, he did. Um, you know, so the story, everybody turned on me. I'm hurt. So it was like, even though Roman Reigns is the bad guy, we still felt sorry. It for still, him. still makes sense. So, yeah. you know, the, the, the finish here, you know, uh, technically Seth Rollins won disqualification. Still, Roman Reigns still has the championship because he did not break the guillotine. So he choked him out, refused to break the hole. Thoughts on that? I thought that it was a, I thought that it was a beautiful way to end the match mm -hmm. and continue the feud. Um, and I know we we all and I, and I said this on Twitter too. I know people might hate the ending, but it was a great ending. Oh yeah. Um, I, what what I'm with between this match and the the other title match that we'll get into later, did anyone for a second think that there was going to be a, an actual clean finish here? Because I I, I knew there was going to be some kind of shenanigan. I didn't know what, but I knew that there was going to be something because there was no way that Seth or Roman in, in this particular case, there would be a definitive, like, this is a match, it's over, moving on to the next program. No, there, to me, there was no way this was gonna just end. So this right. makes sense. So sense. and, and I, I, I like the ending too, because it was, it was different. You know, we're used to there being a run-in or there being, you know, some, some someone come in or something happened, and that's why Roman Reigns keeps the title. Right, and and they faked this out because they had the whole uh, Jimmy and Jay were banned from ringside stipulation. So, yeah. how do you have shenanigans when the people that are usually cause those shenanigans are banned from ringside? So you kind of have right. to have this other kind of finish. Um, and there's this dynamic with that too, because now yes. Roman uh, Roman Reigns never beaten Seth Rollins. No, uh, like that, you know, for the title, for you know, pay per view, like that. Um, Seth Rollins won, but Roman Reigns definitively showed that, yo, know, I could have took this home if I wanted to. Yes, you know, but no one looks weaker at this moment. You know, like Seth Rollins still is in the title picture. Right, he didn't lose. You know, he, <laughs> didn't, he, he didn't tap. He got yeah. choked out. You know, the ref called it. And then yeah. uh, uh, he got to, you know, Roman got disqualified because he did get, or excuse me, he didn't get choked out. He, he got to the he ropes. Got the rope. He got, he got on the ropes and he didn't break the hold. So, you know, he still, you know, has that claim that, hey, you didn't beat me. You won, but you didn't beat me. Right, you right. didn't. So, beat so I, you know, I think, uh, I, 
I think there's yeah. time for some for something between now and Mania for them. So we'll we'll see where that yeah. goes. Uh, Maybe things will change, and yeah, the reported main event won't won't be the main event. You never know. We'll see. T- cards Card subject will. to change. Cards subject yeah. to change. <laughs> so after, you know, what's up? Oh no no uh, please. But it makes the title the title picture look so cool now because yes, you know, Omen is there. Um. Seth is still there. Bobby Lashley is there. Brock is there. Big E is still there. Um, well, was was it, he'll? Yeah. I, I I still think that the WWE match at Mania will still be Big E versus Bobby. Yeah, that that I mean, and how we suspect stuff to go based on the Royal Rumble that makes sense, you know. And that's why I'm like, he's still, you know, I feel like he's still there. Oh yeah, oh he's yeah. There. Bobby, Brock, Seth, uh, Roman, um, you know, and I think you, you got these, uh, you know, right, kind of right there too, you know, someone like a KO is is right there, you know, high level enough. Uh, even Orton, um, yeah. you know, he's doing the tag team thing, but man, he's, Orton is over right now. Yes. Yeah, Orton, Orton, I feel like Orton is more popular now than he's been years before. Oh, for sure. Um, for and now, yeah, so I, I can see him. Like, like I think it's a wide. It, it's a wide open title picture right now. Um, you know, or- Orton's always kind of had that history of of being uh, quote unquote boring. Oh right? yeah. I, was, uh, uh, <laughs> I don't. Uh, I'm not going to say I disagree with that, but I, I do understand it. Um, yeah. And then pairing oh. him with uh, pairing him with Riddle. And giving him an opportunity to, and I'll say this with with uh, with Brock too, giving them an opportunity to be funny, for lack yeah. of a better word, um, gives them a different dimension. And so seeing right. Orton be the straight man to this, you know, goofball, <laughs> is is funny. And, and and so seeing him having to react to this and having him kind of show off a different side that he normally doesn't show has given him, at least for me, I'm more engaged in watching him because I'm like, whoa, okay, he's doing something different. So I want to check that out and see what he's going to do. And then, so I don't know. I think that's been, that's been kind of cool. Same thing with Brock, with Brock being more comical. You know, when he, he yeah. did a, a, a bit with uh, uh, Sami Zayn three, two, three weeks ago, I thought was hilarious. Whereas, right. You know, Sami Zayn's talking about how they're going to be, you know, best friends. And, and, okay, I, I go on. I, I'm, in, I'm all in on this, dude. And right. having Brock look like he's having fun and being engaged. And, and when Brock is engaged in what he's doing he puts on a better performance um, right. and so seeing him doing what he's doing now might for the you know I, I am by no means a Brock fan but I am at least intrigued and you know even yeah. though even though we've seen Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns so many times I can't even count them right now um you know, of course, we're going to get there again. We do have this kind of monkey wrench in 
uh, Paul Heyman. You know, I'm, I know I'm kind of jumping around the card a little bit here, but uh, yeah. with with Paul Heyman officially turning on uh, on Brock and being involved in that finish with uh, uh, Lashley, you know, it it changes the dynamic. So we're gonna have Brock and uh, Roman again, mm-hmm. but it's different, right? And then. You know, I was thinking too, you know, there's all, you know, the, the, the Bobby Lashley aspect of it. If I was in charge of in, you know, in any way uh, booking or scripting stuff in WWE, I would do something now with Bobby and Roman as well. Mm-hmm. With, with, you know, Bobby having this, this is my moment to show that I'm better than Brock Lesnar and you messed it up. You know, I got a problem with you now because I wanted to show that I'm better than Brock Lesnar on my own. And now I don't look like I'm as legit as I could. Right. You know, and I think that would be beautiful, especially since Bobby is over and nobody is going to look at Bobby Lashley and be like, yeah, you're not legit because Roman Reigns stepped in. Like everybody looks at Bobby. My girlfriend, I'm watching it with her. We're watching them pointing by Bobby Lashley like. If he had a lineup of professional wrestlers and Bobby Lashley was in it, and they said, pick who you think is the champion. Bobby Lashley. That's 100%. Oh. There's no other route to go. Maybe the, the, almost. <laughs> the the Maybe. presentation of, of Lashley with, with the lightning and the music, right? They have made him 100% legitimate. Right. A- and... You know, when, when he came back to WWE, I was real curious to see what they would do with him because, you know, he had, I'm not going to say he had a, tr- a great run in Impact, but he had a, pr- a pretty decent run, especially towards the end with the, with the Destroyer gimmick. And, he was, you know, he was, you know, the guy mm-hmm. um, for a while. And then doing the MMA thing and then we was going back to WWE, I was real curious to see kind of, where they would take would they keep him from where he was when he left or would they kind of evolve him a little bit and you know with uh with leo rush when he first came back with what he's doing now with the hurt business um an mvp you know uh he's been completely legitimized uh, and he, he is a, a, a credible threat he is well. He's credible. Period. He's in, like you said. He, when he, if you were just looking at pictures of wrestlers, show me which one's the, the champ. That guy right there, and and I one hundred percent agree. So, you know, and that's again not the biggest Brock fan. So, any opportunity for me to have Brock not be the champion, I'm down with. So. Brock loses, Bobby gets it. To me, that's a win-win. Right. So, totally okay with that. It's rough. Like, you know, being someone who's who's been part of shows and, you know, around the business enough to, like, kind of see stuff in a different perspective, it's like, as a fan, it's like, I hate seeing Brock Lesnar a lot. Um, Yeah. It's nothing against Brock Lesnar, but I 
I don't always want to see Brock Lesnar in the title picture. No. Um, and and it's not, you know, but I say this, and it's to say that it's, it, it, that it's not to say that Brock Lesnar couldn't be involved with stuff right now that don't include the title, but are high level enough where no one is going to look at him as less legit or, or with any less interest. I think there's definitely options for stuff he could do. Uh, you know, but I get it because, you know, there are things, but when you think about it, like how many things could Brock Lesnar do in the WWE that don't involve him being in the title picture? Right. You know, like, like I said, it's possible to do things, but it's not just like, oh yeah, we can put Brock against this person, that person, that person. No, Brock Lesnar has already been established as someone who can absolutely demolish every single person on the roster. You know, so who he's fighting is is got to be someone who's up there. Mm-hmm. And that's the picture that he has to be in because he's Brock Lesnar. We can't we can't bring Brock Lesnar down. Um, without now demystifying this attraction that right. is Brock. Right. Um, you know, if we, if we show everybody the dragon, uh, you know, they're going to learn how it works. You know, and now it's not the same dragon when everybody comes and sees it. Oh, it's, it's fire, it's flying, whatnot. You know, now you're like, oh, yeah, it's boring. We're boring. We've seen this. Um, but, it, but, but it's hard. It's hard and it's not just Brock. You know, like I had problems with uh with 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 Becky retaining the title at the last pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and of course how how Becky got it back and throughout. Um I problem with Charlotte. Um, you know, she was, you know, especially since she got the title back from from Nikki Ash or ASH. Um you know, and then has these feuds. It's a perfect time for her to give up the title to somebody. And then someone says, no, you're keeping the title. Now she's still champion. Um, like, there's so much where, like, we, we we crave variation, like you said. Right. It's a lot of cyclical stuff. You know, but then I think about, like, some of these people, where else would they fit except for where they are? Where right. else could you put Becky Lynch outside of the title picture? Not many places. Charlotte, same way. So, uh, on on that note, with the women's Royal Rumble match, we had oh, Ronda yeah. Rousey. <laughs> yeah. To me, similar to Brock, in that no matter where she comes in, she's always going to come in at that higher echelon. She's not going to, she's not going to be in the the twenty four seven division. You know what I mean? She she's going right. to come in main event or not at all. So right. She, I, you know, there were rumors that she was going to be involved in the match. Uh, I, there were a lot of rumors about today's show, uh, and some of them were valid and some of them were nonsense. But when they said that that was a remote possibility, and then when she came out, I said, okay, she's winning. Yeah. So she came you know, and, and with the, the women's rumble, you know, it was uh, what's the right word for this? It's better than men's. It was better than yeah, oh man, that, that men's match, we'll, we'll touch on that in a second. That was uh, 
I don't know. That was that was just weird. That whole one. But the the women's match. I mean, was uh, I guess you know odd is the way to put it. You had the uh, really early uh, elimination of Sasha Banks, which kind of threw me off for a second because Sasha Banks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Through a lot of a lot of the fans, you could the energy got depleted. Um, when when Sasha Banks got eliminated, you had uh, Aaliyah come in and, and stay for a lot longer than I thought she was going to be in there for. Same with Michelle McCool. I, I like she was in there for a long time. Yeah, and I you know she only got one she only got one elimination, which was Mickey James, which is a whole other thing. So you had the whole impact thing which i thought was really cool but uh you know it would just you had gosh uh you know ivory come in for half a second you had you know lita stay in a lot longer than i thought she was going to stay in uh, you had all these different factors playing in and mm-hmm. you know the the sasha thing threw me because once she was out i was like wait a second okay what what's what's going on here and then, uh, what, Charlotte came in. I'm looking at my notes right now. Charlotte came in at 17 mm-hmm. and stayed for the remainder. And then, yeah, once uh, once Rousey came in, I was like, okay, she's she's it. She's winning. And so I, are we doing Rhonda and... Becky are we doing Rhonda and Charlotte I mean they had that kind of square off moment between Rhonda and Charlotte so that's where we're going do you prefer one match over the other um I think if I had to choose out of the two um I think that I think that uh, Charlotte and Ronda would probably be the better match. Mm-hmm. I think that Becky and Rousey would be the more entertaining match. Um, yes, that that's a good way. That's a good explanation. I like that. And if it's for WrestleMania, I think I think if I had to choose between which match I would watch, you know, because I got appreciation for both. I mean, right. I don't, well, I like it. I like either. I think I think. For the match that I would choose out of that, it would probably actually be Charlotte and Ronda. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would like, I like, I would like to see Becky. I would like to see someone else, but I feel like Charlotte and Ronda would have the better match. Um, I think that there's a great story to be told there. Uh, you know, with this dynamic of Ronda Rousey being, you know, who she is, baddest woman on the planet. She's a legit fighter, proven fighter. Mm-hmm. Regardless of what people, you know, say about her being exposed and everything, she wasn't exposed for 12 fights. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, she she went undefeated before she lost her first two matches. And, and you know, how she responded to him was another story. But you can't take 12 wins from no. somebody and reduce it to just two losses. Um, you know, she has that background. You can't deny that. You know, part of the reason why Ronda has to be right there. There's right. not a lot, you know. Rhonda, Rhonda can't, you know, be beating up women, being the champion, and 
uh, professional fighting and then, you know, losing in the mid card in the WWE, you know, like it, 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 there, there's a demystification, you know, and it does, it doesn't do any service for the WWE either. No. Um, and, and fans as well, you know, a lot of fans aren't, they aren't going to be invested in Ronda Rousey if Ronda Rousey is losing low profile matches. Because this is Ronda Rousey, the same Ronda Rousey that we saw, you know, beat up Maisha Tate a couple times and, right. you know, go have this, this great, you know, uh, professional fighting experience. Um, like, this is, this is where Ronda is. Like, we can't bring her down here. We have to right. keep running. Um, she so needs have- to be at that, just that higher tier. Because yeah. she's an attraction, because she has that mainstream sports appeal. She had, you know, when she came yeah. in last time, you know, ESPN was doing stories on her, Sports Illustrated was doing sports or was, uh, articles on her. You know, yeah. you had this mainstream attraction that, right. you know, at the time, and maybe again now, WWE needed that mainstream okay we need to start bringing in those outside fans we need to start bringing those outside you know sports personalities to really kind of take this to the next level so i agree um that i i I think that the charlotte ronda match would be a a better match technically but and i do agree that the becky component would make it more of an more entertaining because I, I do think Charlotte's the stronger worker of the two, uh, who can bring, who can elevate uh, Ronda to a, a, a better match. You know? Right. Uh, so, either way, I'm I'm good with it. Either you know, uh, there of course there were people that I want. Like my my pick was Rhea. Uh, that was my I, pick I think too. that was yours too. Uh, yeah. And when that got dashed, I yeah. <laughs> When, when yeah. she left, I was like, oh, okay, I kind of don't know where I'm, where I'm going after this. Um, had I not yeah. picked, had Brown, had Roundy, God damn it, had Ronda not been in the match, my next pick was going to be Shayna. Mm-hmm. But um, so, you know, it is what it is. You know, I know a lot of people are, are mad that Ronda won. Whatever. It is what yeah. it is. What are you going to do? Um, <laughs> so uh, the we had another after that we had the uh, Raw Women's Championship match Becky Lynch and Dewdrop. Uh, not a whole lot here. It was uh, thirteen minutes, so the third shortest match on a set on a six match card. Um, I don't know uh, the. It's weird because I, I enjoy both women. I, I, I like Dewdrop. Uh, I still can't get used to calling her Dewdrop, but whatever. I'll call her Dewdrop for, for the sake of argument. <laughs> uh, the former Piper, the former Viper uh, with Becky. Uh, I like both of them individually, but something about this match to me just did not click. I, I don't right. know what it was. I, you know, again, both women are, are very good at what they do. This, the, the whole program. The whole this whole thing that they've been doing for the last month just has not 
clicked to me for whatever reason. And I don't know why, but this match, much like the show, was something that happened. It was a match that existed. Right. I saw someone tweet something interesting uh, about Becky Lynch. Um, and I'll ask you if you agree. Um, someone said it's uh, something along the lines of it's time to accept that Becky Lynch only has good matches with people better than her. Oh, I agree. You agree? I agree. Okay. I agree. <laughs> um, um, no, I 100% agree with that. I think Becky is a fantastic character. When, when, when you look at what she does with the man and big time Bex and whatever the hell she's doing right now, where it's kind of this love Lady Gaga meets Conor McGregor kind of vibe. You know, I, I think the character is great. I, I And her, her as a wrestler, as a worker, uh, I think she's good. Character, great. Wrestler, good. And when she has wrestlers like a Charlotte Flair, um, even I'll throw in like a Natalia. We have opponents that are better wrestlers than her. It forces her to step up a little bit. And so I, I definitely see where that person's coming from. Um, and I don't know because, and again, I I like Dewdrop. I I enjoy what she does, but just I don't know if just they just didn't have the chemistry that you know because yeah. Be- Becky works with Charlotte so often, you know, uh, you know we were talking about doing or WWE doing the same thing over and over again, and Becky and Charlotte have always kind of been circling. It's always been those two for years. And mm-hmm. Becky's kind of been wrestling the same three or four people for the last four years, it seems like. And so when you take her out of that, you give her someone different, it kind of, I, don't, I wouldn't say it throws her off, but it, it, it changes what she can do. Yeah. Especially with someone uh, like Dewdrop too, because it's going to be a different dynamic than how most of the female wrestling right. roster wrestled. Uh, just with her size and abilities, it's a different match to be had. Um, you know, and this isn't a disrespect. Obviously, we know Piper the Viper uh, can 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 wrestle. Yes. Uh, you know, but but it's also you know one looking at it from the, that lens of WWE versus professional wrestling. It's kind of, it's a different, it's a different, uh, the story's being told differently. You know, uh, it's not going to be fully predicated on who's the better wrestler. It's predicated on who wins the match and by what means. Um, you know, so we watch it like that. And and I think that that's why we, we, we see someone like Becky, uh, you know, not be the entertainer that we, we would like uh and you know it's because becky's character is gonna win becky's character isn't uh wrestling becky's character is surviving right uh, i'm gonna you know i'm gonna get uh pummeled a match or you know i'm gonna get you know go through my cycle but i'm gonna 
grab the ropes. I'm gonna grab the tights. I'm gonna do this. You know, so it's this character where um, I think the care. I think she's great as a character, but the character, um, the character itself, is something that like is is a limitation. Um, you know, it's like someone being great in a bad movie. <laughs> um, you know, I I feel that way with Becky. I feel like, you know, I feel like we've been able to avoid seeing uh, some of those limitations when we've seen her with athletes like Bianca, athletes like Charlotte, athletes like like uh, like Liv. You know, like you know, these are people that can do things differently than than how how Dewdrop is booked to do things. Um, in the WWE lens of things. And now you have a wrestler like Dewdrop, it's different. You know, I don't get to rely on somebody that can do kip ups and, and, and I get to fling around. So now it's not as good because like you said, that chemistry is different. I think, I think that it's definitely evident that someone like Becky is, uh, you know, gotten, gotten by with people. I, I don't know if I'm willing to say better wrestlers than her, just in the WWE scope of things, but I'll say people people who are better at their character than Becky is at hers. Like I'll, I'll say, that, you know, I think that I think you know, like when she had her, her match on with Bianca on Raw, that was such a great match. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that they did really well. Um, And yeah, it, like it was just like you know, Bianca got to do what Bianca does, though. Yes, Bianca got to throw her over her head, do her backflips, do her top rope moves, be explosive. Becky had to take it and win. You know, uh, and it just it, it's gonna come across way different. I didn't really like. I didn't really. I don't want to say like. I didn't really care for that match. Um, no, but. I also feel like it was. I caught the some of the dirt sheet posts that are saying that the WrestleMania sign was like melting. Oh. Yes, yes, it was. <laughs> and that happened. Uh, it happened during their match. Uh, yeah. So, um, I think also watching it, um, it was like I also didn't like look at it from the lens of I want to judge the wrestling. I think that a lot of the fan energy as well. Um, as well as disdain for, you know, every other thing else going on the show. I think that it was, you know, easy to automatically come in and, like, not be impressed with that match because you weren't impressed with anything else. And then the fans on the show weren't impressed because they were all looking this way. Um, <laughs> um, but the placement of that match, that was right after the, the Women's Rumble and that was right after Ronda winning. yeah. Could that have played a part? Because I, I think it, I think because, uh, you know, Ronda winning did get kind of a mixed reaction. Yeah, that got and a mixed reaction. So having a high, you know, I'm going to, it's a high, it's a high profile match because it's for the Raw Women's Championship. Having a high profile match with a high profile talent like Becky Lynch right after a match like the Royal Rumble that had a divisive winner. Mm-hmm. I think, Definitely. I don't know, 
at least from the fans perspective, like in the arena now, granted, like you said, the damn WrestleMania sign was on fire too. So that played a part too. So people were focused on that. But I also think that just the placement of this match on the card. Now, I don't know where else you would put it on the card versus maybe having it open, but you know, we needed this match. We needed the match that opened to open to help set up, you know, yeah. the finish it for was, the other. It was something that it, it happens a lot with women's matches. Um, you know, they, they, they put that there as sort of like this, okay, you got to take the heat for whatever happened. Like, I think a big example of that was when Undertaker lost at WrestleMania. Yes. Uh, the next match was, uh, was it a women's title match or like the women's battle Royal? I, uh, gosh, I think it was a women's, women's title women's match. Yeah. Match. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was something, you know, but now the fans are, are the Undertaker just lost at WrestleMania, you know, so now you got this match and now they are the ones that are like, okay, we're still shocked over Undertaker. We're not paying attention to this match. Um, or, you know, whatever else happened is now taking my interest away from what's going on right here. So it was the, I, I just, I looked it up. It was the Vicky Guerrero Invitational for the WWE Divas Championship. It was AJ, oh God, look at some of these names. AJ Lee beat <laughs> Oksana. Alicia Fox, Brie Bella, Cameron, Emma, Ava Marie, Layla, Naomi, Natalia, Nikki Bella, Rosa Mendez, Summer Ray, and Tamina. There are 14 women uh, in that match. And it was a six minute and 48 second match. That came after The Undertaker losing at WrestleMania. Yes. That was followed by, of course, Daniel Bryan and Batista and Randy Orton. And the fans were really behind Daniel Bryan at that time. Yeah. Was, yeah that was a movement right there. So, that was one of those organic movements, too. Um, you know, like with Kofi winning at Mania. Yes. Uh, so, and that, the that, so I think the placement just like the placement of that match, I think the placement on this Becky match, I, th I think was similar. Just it was a, yeah. a no win situation because we knew that the the Lesnar match was probably coming up after that, so everyone wanted to see Bobby and Lesnar. Yeah. So you had a match that kind of ticked people off. A match that no one—I'm going to say no one cared about—that not many people cared about. And then you had a championship match that a lot of people were looking forward to see. This was a no-win situation. Right. It was like, it was kind of clear the slate. You know what? We'll get this. We're going to clear this Royal Rumble. We're going to do whatever. Okay. Now we know what people are waiting for, like you said. Um, which sucks. Um, you know, and it sucks that that match and the, the match it did. I, I wanted to tweet. I didn't tweet it. Um, you know, because before the show started, you know, I was initially like looking at the card. What's crazy is that the match with Edge is the match that you would get up and go to the bathroom for. Yes. You know, yeah. like that was, you know, before the show, you know, that's what you're thinking of, you know, and then 
that match gets there, you know, and you're looking at, you know, now this is where the match is, and you're just like, wow, you know what? I was, I personally, I wasn't happy with the Royal Rumble, and then it was that match, you know, so I'm already like, you know, I'm down. Yeah. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't amped. Um, I didn't think that uh, the, the Royal Rumble, like you said, was all over the place, was scattered. A lot of the eliminations didn't make sense, and Ronda, come, Ronda comes back and wins. So there's just, you know, it's all over the place. Stuff didn't make sense. I personally wasn't happy. And then we go to Becky. Yeah. You know, and and, and do drop and like and they can work. It just uh, it sucked that it was where it was. Like you said, no other choice though, really. Um, yeah. And that's that's unfortunate because I I, I think if uh, you either had this on a different place or hell, if you did it on a different pay-per-view, if you did it at like a like a day one or a, a I'm gonna say a B level pay per view like, like like a fast lane or something I th- I think he could have done that I think it would have been okay but if you're putting it on one of the big four yeah you, you, this was kind of doomed this was stake bit to kind of be where it was at so yeah. it, you know again it it was a mess that happened and uh, not a whole lot there you know. Uh, We'll see where Becky goes after this. Um, if she goes, do do you think she goes back to uh, Bianca? I think so. Okay. I think she goes back to Bianca, and I think it's because they never really got a real resolution after SummerSlam. Right. Um, no, I know they wrestled on Raw, and Bianca cheated, or uh, Becky cheated to right. Bianca. Right. And so they don't have that culmination of settling who is actually the better of the two. Um, so I, I do think it'll probably be Bianca again. Um, what I would have liked to have happened was at the last, at day one, Liv beat Becky. Mm-hmm. And then Becky wins the title back tonight at Wrestle, at the Royal Rumble. You know, so, so you get this change, Becky gets it back, and then it allows for, like... Because now, you know, after beating Dewdrop, Dewdrop is the way WWE does stuff. She's not out of the title picture, you know, and then you go on, unless unless it's just, I mean, and, and funny thing that, because it could be WWE, because they could do it. It would just be a really weird booking to have her win this match on Raw. Right. And this is it. Now someone else. But it's WrestleMania season now, so they probably would change it up, you know, some women number one contender they'll do something and and there is the uh are they still calling it the elimination chamber the uh yeah that's what i last heard i've heard it was a wrestlemania chamber i've heard it was the elimination chamber uh one of the two it's the next pay-per-view it's the next event before wrestlemania so there's plenty of time to set up some new trajectories so we'll see what goes on with that yeah. uh we we already covered the uh the the lashley brock match so go go for that and then we had uh, uh edge and beth phoenix against miz and maurice um i thought that for most of the match it was your classic feel good match like i felt like that yeah. was your that was your match that you would, that you could see, you know, at that level, 
at the local level. You know, yeah. you got the very obvious bad guy and very obvious good guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you got the wives involved. <laughs> um, you know, I felt like that was something where it was like, oh, this this is a feel good. I know how this is going to go. That was one of the easy, predictable ones, obviously. Um, I have a lot of respect uh, for the Miz to me. Yeah. He's he can have these entertaining matches with people despite, uh, you know, despite losing yeah. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> he loses a lot, you know, and, and people don't get tired of him having a pretty high up match with somebody. Um, you know, but I actually found that match really enjoyable. And mm-hmm. I found that uh, Maurice, uh, it's always weird talking about her. <laughs> I felt like she, you, you know, so f- she's shown she's also worked, uh, yeah. you know, uh, since she first came to the WWE. Um, you know, I felt that we we got to see, we got to see an example of we want to tell a really good story that isn't predicated, you know, as as I've seen you tweet a grat fest, you know, or yeah. wasn't anything where. Like, like, I don't watch The Miz to watch a technical match. I don't watch The Miz to see, uh, you know, uh, exchanges of holds and whatnot. I right. watch The Miz because The Miz is funny. Yeah. He's entertaining. And I want know. to see him loose. I want, it, it is okay, it is perfectly okay to have a match where the good guy beats the bad guy. Mm-hmm. And that's it. You don't need a whole lot of context you don't need a whole lot of subtlety uh you don't need oh yeah a bunch of technical chain wrestling um right. it doesn't need to be a dave Meltzer five-star special it can right. just it can just be good guy beats bad guy done right and, and you know, this <laughs> go ahead yeah, and like you said you, you can have a really great match and great story and you know that's, you know, respectfully, that's one person's scorebook, you know, <laughs> um, you know, whether, whether, you know, it's a five star or more or less, um, like it's, it's one person's great book and it isn't to diminish that person, you know, um, you know, I, I, I'm not going to go here or there with, with Dave Meltzer, no. um, they they Dave Meltzer does what Dave Meltzer does, and you know I have I have no issue, but you know that's you know neither here nor there. Right. But like you know Roman and Seth, you know for example, you know and I use that for comparison. That match was I thought that it was a really great match that really told a story, a compelling story mm-hmm. that that was like wow, that's deep. Roman Reigns said I don't care about winning this match because you hurt me Seth <laughs> you know like um like and Seth still won the match which is part of the story you can't beat me Roman and he didn't um you know so, so it's like but we know Dave Meltzer enough to know Dave Meltzer isn't gonna give that one a five star at all no um, but does that take away from how good the match is Oh, not at all. You know, you know, and 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 I think that that's you know a lot of fans will do that. Um, you know, they'll take away, you know, with their own biases of of what they think a professional wrestling match should be. Uh, you know, versus 
what we're given and not understanding that like what I expect that this show is not going to happen on that show. And this company is not going to happen to that company right. and everywhere else. Um, you know, and, and it doesn't have to be that. And like, and when you think about it, we think about these characters and they got their character, you know, pyro and they got this dynamic of who they are. Like, um, there's not anything about that element that has to be, I'm the greatest wrestler. Uh, you know, our, our, in my favorites growing up, Kane, there was nothing about Kane that said, I'm going to out-wrestle you. <laughs> you know, that, was not, that wasn't Kane's character, you know. And Kane was so larger than life that no one would ever say that Kane couldn't wrestle. But Kane didn't wrestle, you know. <laughs> I, like, if we're, if we're Dude, talking about... Kane didn't bump. Yeah. <laughs> like, like look back at like 97 98 kane mm-hmm. he the only bump he would take was when he would do the flying clothesline right that was about it right that was it you know so so you know he would get hit and he just look back at you yeah. like you hit and just you know kind of fall back a little bit and then he put you down he 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 might take a body slam and then he would do the 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 rise up and then mm-hmm. that was pretty much and then he just get up and choke slam you yeah you know that was a classic king and that's all you needed and and, and you know with a, a, a character and i say character with a character like miz it is okay to just have a character with a punchable face that you want to see lose. Yeah. That is, I, when Miz tried, and I, I say tried, when he tried for a babyface run and he was going to be the protege to Ric Flair and he was doing the figure four and he was trying to wrestle, like, dude, stop. Right. Just, just be obnoxious say really a lot and you know just just be a tool i don't need you to wrestle i i i I don't need that i just want you to just be a scumbag Mm -hmm. and just i want the good guy to punch you in the face that's that's all i really need here and Mm -hmm. you know this was an easy story to tell you you know uh you had all the the good you know the the spots with with beth phoenix getting involved with the miz and and knocking him around which is you know uh a trope but it's still effective you know when when he when when she was right behind him and you can see maurice trying to tell him to turn around he's oh no 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 i got it i got it he turns around and uh beth is you know right behind him and hits him with the move like i mean we all know that was going to come, but it didn't take anything away from yeah. it. So, I mean, this was, a, 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 a again, five-star classic. No. Did it need to be? Hell no. This was just a fun, fun match. I don't, and that's all you needed. That's all you needed on this. Right. It's like, you know, it's like, it's like, a, you know, your classic superhero movie. Um, no one goes 
with the expectation that the superhero is going to lose. Yeah. You know, we know what's going to happen at the end, <laughs> um, you know, but we still go because we want to see that story. You know, and I felt that way about like the edge match. We knew edge was going to edge and Beth were going to win. And sometimes to, to stick with the, the comic theme, sometimes you just have a, a, a nice filler issue. Mm -hmm. right it's like you might have your main arc but every once in a while you're going to have that kind of thing that's off to the side that's just a a a feel-good story it's got really nothing to do with the main arc it's just kind of there to to bridge a gap but it's just a real easy yeah good guy wins bad guy loses not really have anything to do with the main continuity and then it's just on to the next thing and that's what this one was filler. And I don't mean that in a negative context at all. This was just something to get from point A to point C. Now, right. whatever point C is, you know, we'll have to see what, what uh, Edge has lined up for uh, either the Chamber or WrestleMania. Um, but this was an inoffensive just okay match and i mean okay in, in a positive light it was just a, a match that existed and uh, it's it's completely okay to have that yeah it's like uh you know another example of someone similar would be like a dolph ziggler yes um, you know who we know we can put dolph ziggler in a match that's going to be main event or you know upper upper mid you know on on the card we're going to have that one close to the end to take it home or a bigger match he's going to be a number one contender or something like that title match with Dolph Ziggler because we know that that uh he can tell the story and we know that people don't like him he has a punchable face (laughs) he has a punchable he he has a name that sounds like he's a punchable person yes um, you know, Dolph Ziggler, you know, that sounds and like something. I don't now know. I kind of want to see Edge and Ziggler because I think that that actually could be kind of cool. Like now that I'm thinking about it, that there you go, man. I think that might be something to consider. I think that would absolutely work, you know, because yeah. Ed, you know, Edge is at this point, you know, where it's like, you know, I don't have to be in the main event. You know, I'm having fun. I'm doing my brood oh, stuff. He, he said. Yeah. Uh, he said recently he doesn't want to be. He's like, I don't need a title. I don't need to do. Like, I can just do what I'm doing, and then. That's. Yeah. I think that's a, a perfect spot for him. I think it's great. Like you know, people like him and and, and you know, Punk and AEW and and. Uh, you know, Danielson. You know, to you know to see that you know they get to be in this role where they're important enough where they can move an important story along and they're fine with like, take, take the win. You know, I'm not here for the belts. Yeah. I'm not here for anything. Um, you know, so I love that, that, that edge is there. I mean, that was WrestleMania this year or the last year. Yeah. Um, you know, edge was part of a really important storyline Yeah. and yeah, I didn't, didn't win. And, and, but it was so good. Like, you know, we wanted, I remember in the three-way with Edge and uh, Brian and Broman, I was open to all three 
<laughs> no, no, I, I was making I was making claims for all at least credible claim or semi-credible claims um, for all three to have at least like a shot. Like a, a Edge was the Royal Rumble winner, so he had a shot because he was a Royal Rumble winner. Uh, uh, Daniel Bryan had a you know shot because he's Daniel Bryan, and mm-hmm. you know you can you know inject him into any match and it gets elevated and Roman Reigns because it's Roman Reigns. So, you know, there, there was a credible chance that any one of them could have won. So, you know, that to me is what made that match interesting. Uh, So, you know, I, I like, I like what edge is doing. I like, edges you know the the cm punk comparison is is really good just just having that veteran that is there to have a prominent role without taking the shine off of the newer generation right i i think that's important because you 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 know we always hear back in the day how you know the old timers oh i want my spot i want my spot and I'm coming back and I want the title. Well, dude, you've been gone for four or five years. There's a whole new crop of kids. No, I don't care. I want my title. Right. And they could have done that. Punk could have done that. Brian could have done that. Edge could have done that, but they're all okay with where they're at. And they're okay with uh, helping this next generation. So I I think that's cool. Um, and once again, we'll see where Edge is at. So then after all that, we had uh, the Men's Royal Rumble. Again, super weird. Uh, no surprises either. I mean, well, there was one, but you know. So, so I, I, I'm looking at my, my list right now. My, my three surprises. Johnny Knoxville, Bad Bunny, Shane McMahon. Right. Well, I well, you know, Johnny Knoxville said he was going to be in the Rumble, so it wasn't a surprise. True. Okay. 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 True. True. From, I'll give. I'll give you that. I will say I was surprised with what he did in the ring. Yeah. Uh, you know that that was surprising. You know, typically, a celebrity comes out that's not Bad Bunny. You know, it's a celebrity that comes out. <laughs> you know, and and it's. You know, some something goofy that happens in, in, in the ring with them or, you know, something really hokey. Um, and it was kind of hokey with Johnny Knoxville, but that's his thing for, yeah. you know, so it's like, it is what it is. But, you know, it was, it wasn't bad. You know, it was like, oh, Johnny Knoxville, you can, <laughs> you know, you might have had some fun doing this professional wrestling yeah. thing if you went that route. Um, I, just, I just remember I, when he got punched out by uh, Butterbean. In one of the jackass movies, I'm just like, I had flashbacks to that because the way he took that bump, uh, getting out of the ring, I'm like, oh god, he just you know broke something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the bad bunny surprise was was that was that was surprising. That was a surprise. I, I genuinely was not expecting bad bunny, right. who hit a Canadian destroyer and a hurricane runner. Right. Um, or as I saw someone say on Twitter, the Bariqua Destroyer. <laughs> yes. So so we're watching that, and uh, my, my girlfriend's 
because I, I had said something about like, well, I'm pretty sure the the final four was going to be uh, Bad Bunny, Orton, Lesnar, and I, I forget who I said for my last one. She goes, you know, Bad Bunny makes more sense being in this mask than Shane McMahon does. I was like, you, you, you you're not wrong. <laughs> Shane's just kind of been MIA for since last yeah. year's WrestleMania, the year before last year's WrestleMania. So having him pop up, I you know, um, you know, Shane McMahon did what Shane McMahon does. He just kind of did his, you know, weird little punches and his little dance, and you know, uh, but when I when I what what I thought was hilarious, and this is what I was talking about when I was saying there were there were rumors abound, was uh, WWE kept talking about the Forbidden Door, and as much as I, I hate the Forbidden Door, uh, there was talk of bringing in a high profile uh, New Japan wrestler, and of course everyone was trying to figure out who that could be. Uh, people were, uh, I guess, WWE's Twitter or Instagram uh, brought up Okada. And that got everyone a Twitter that Okada can be. And and I I thought of you because, you know, you were talking about on on Twitter, you were talking about, uh, I I think it might have been because you were talking with uh, uh, AJ Kirsch, I believe, and you're talking about the sounds of uh austin's glass shattering oh yeah uh, uh brock's uh guitar riff and you were talking about the rocks you know do you smell what the rocks cooking for me it's that okada coin drop yeah when when i hear that tink and then that bomb 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 bom, i i know i i just i know that that's okada and i'm gonna get out of my seat and I'm gonna like start freaking out. So there was a very, very small possibility in the back of my head. I'm looking at this count people coming out, and I was trying to listen for that coin drop. Of course, it didn't happen. Yeah. And mm-hmm. then uh, just to be a jerk, I was telling people, well, you know, everyone was looking for the forbidden door, and technically, an IWGP champion won the Royal Rumble. So not wrong (laughs) true whether or not wwe references it um yeah Uh, (laughs) i i I felt about the rare rumble um you know especially when you have the 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 women's rumble for reference like Mm -hmm. you know you had mighty molly come out you had lita come out you had melina come out as the number two entrant in the rumble um you know, Mickey was there, uh, Summer Rae, Alicia Fox, Cameron, um, you know, a number of these people were people where like, oh, I haven't seen that person in a long time. Um, and the Royal Rumble is always marketed as is you don't know what surprises you're going to get. Right. Uh, you know, so for so for the men's Royal Rumble, and there was the whole show was weird. Um, because after the Brock match. You know, the before the men's rumble, we started seeing these video segments. Remember that? Yes, yeah. yes. 
Well, I and I and I was really confused, especially by the Sasha the Sasha Banks. That one package. was weird. So, uh, did you did you watch this on on Peacock or did you watch this on uh, a different platform? Uh, I saw it on Peacock. Okay, so for whatever reason, my mine did not show the Sasha Banks thing. It just kept uh, my screen was black and it just said, "We'll be right back. We'll be right back. We'll be right back." But I ended mm. up seeing the Sasha thing on Twitter. And mm-hmm. that was super weird. Yeah. I thought it was really weird. Like, like it, it was out of nowhere. And the way that Sasha was eliminated from the Rumble. Like, yeah. like unceremoniously and really early. She didn't do anything profound in the Rumble. Um, and now here's this video package about how great Sasha Banks is. Like, I didn't get what that was about. It, it didn't it wasn't to lead into a documentary no. or a movie, you know, nothing to, to, to say anything with Sasha Banks. I don't, you know, I didn't know where, what it was for. Um, you know, and then we went in these other video packages. I was thinking that like, maybe it was the WWE having to like change some stuff up about the men's rumble real quick. It, it, it was very abrupt. And then it, like yeah. I say, like, like my screen was black the entire time and it just kept, uh, just, just you know, we'll be right back. Sit tight. The show will continue. And it was just this constant loop of like elevator music. And it was just, it was super weird. It was like something. I don't know if somebody hit a button. I really don't know. But and then seeing that Sasha promo where they they touted her as being you know a, a generational talent and then you know uh, uh, such a major player and then be like hey by the way you're gonna come in at number one but you're gonna get eliminated like third yeah she got eliminated really early um it was a goofy elimination um yeah i want to say it was around like you know maybe 15 that she got eliminated um if if that uh she was number three she got eliminated the third one out by Zelina Vega that's that's right oh yeah I oh yeah when I said 15 I didn't mean 15th elimination oh okay I think I meant 15th person but that's still way off she was the number one yeah so so yeah she was number one Zelina because Zelina was number four or five that came in uh, Zelina was uh, seven. Yeah, so she was seven. Yeah, like so we seen. Yeah, so it was really unceremonious when she got eliminated, and the crowd <laughs> they didn't like that. Um, but yeah, like, it was weird. Um, you know, the whole rumble, the men's rumble. I felt like it was it was also scattered. Um, so, so my thing with the with the men's rumble is there's such a gap between the uh, uh, main event, the mid card and the lower card. Yeah. There's. I... And so when you, when you, when you see the, the men's Royal rumble and I, I'm not saying it, it, it's not like this on the women's side, but on, on, on the men's side, it is way more pronounced 
you know, you, you have your, your Kevin Owens is you have your, you know, I know AJ Styles drew number one, but I'm putting him in that upper level of possibility of winning. You have your AJ Styles, your Kevin Owens, your uh, Randy Orton's, but, but then you have your Rick Boogs and happy Corbin's and madcap bosses and, like, but I'm, but that's how it's been forever, though. It's like are you, you're gonna tell me with a straight face that Robert Roode's gonna win the Royal Rumble. <laughs> yeah, no, you're you're right. Um, I think that was really one of the hard things with watching the Rumble too was was that there was really no one, especially like you said, it's really evident in the men's division. But like there wasn't anyone that had come out um, that like we thought was like okay this person is legit gonna be in title contention right um, like you know AJ I think I think you know we know enough to know that like AJ is enjoying what he's doing you know right. kicking back this is what I'm doing feet up hand hands up with my head yep. Um, you know, and, and other than AJ, there wasn't really anybody that came out the entire Rumble until way late, uh, from my recollection. You know, so that- what, what blew my mind here was you opened up with AJ Styles and, and Shinsuke Nakamura. I tweeted, I was like, okay. Nakamura was the number two draw in this thing. You know what? elimination number nakamura was he was number one wasn't he he was two one was bobby Roode. he was yeah he was right there nakamura won the thing before yeah nakamura has won over a rumble before and he comes in at number two and gets the eliminated as the second elimination right all I know about all I know about Nakamura is I'm glad the dude's getting a payday and I'm glad the guy likes to surf because man, I remember when Nakamura was considered one of the best wrestlers on the planet. Yeah. I remember that. And it was huge because when he came over to the WWE, that was you know, that was that reputation he had. So there that was, was a so huge much. deal. That was a yeah, big was deal. Um, you know, and 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 he had his international classics with AJ as well. Um, you know, and they have yet to get close to replicating anything that they've yeah. done. Um, no. Like I was actually, I, I meant to tweet it, I didn't, but there I was like, are AJ and, and, and Nakamura gonna low blow each other? <laughs> oh dude don't 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 put that in the world man. god um, damn it so I was like, <laughs> um like i was really hoping uh you know I, I i i try to watch it you know i don't get as invested as people knowing that no. i could it, it, with different layers and um i don't have allegiance to a company no. um like I watch, and I think this is, you know, I don't really want to talk about the Rumble anymore because it was, 
unimpressive. Yeah. All right, we're 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 done. Long, long story Last short, Christmas. guys, Brock Lesnar wins. Okay, we're we're gonna we're gonna bury on we're gonna bury the lead. We're gonna we're gonna it's done. Brock Lesnar won. Yay. Brock Lesnar wins. Brock Lesnar always wins. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and then like that his his match of Bobby Lashley was underwhelming. Um I would have I would have liked to have seen like more like uh use of like physical objects, like they put these guys to tables, chair shots. Like I felt like that's the best way that you can get a match with these guys entertaining, uh, mainly on the Brock side because you know Brock is turned into uh, suplexes. That's what I do with yeah. suplexes, and and that's it. Um, which I think is fine for a character like Brock Lesnar, but it also is like okay. Bobby Lashley, we've seen this guy tear the house down quite a few times. And um, we know that he's not as, I don't want to say Brock is limited, but we know that Bobby Lashley is comfortable performing, doing more things in ring uh, than than we've seen Brock do in recent times. And um, like, I would have loved to have seen seen more because it was such an anticipated match and we expected it to be just this hard hitting two MMA guys, two big, strong, jacked. If you don't put the belt on Bobby, put it on Brock, you know, (laughs) if he's right there. You know, these guys look like guys. And we know Brock, you know, the UFC world champion. Uh, I think we were hoping, I know I was hoping for something that was more physical. Um, But the surprise with that was, for me, was the, the plot twist was the Paul Heyman plot yes. twist. I didn't expect that. I my prediction was Hurt Business was going to get involved. Yep. Yeah, I, I expected was, Cedric and Shelton to come out at some point. And we're in the Rumble. Who were absolutely <laughs> right? I just thought right when you're saying that they were not in the. There was a lot of people that uh, weren't in the Rumble. That you know, I still think it's interesting that there were no NXT. Yeah, uh, there's you know there's usually at least one or two. And, uh, Austin Theory doesn't count because he's been on the main roster for a little <laughs> while now, so I'm not going to count him. But this was all all in all a, a a weird, yeah, a weird show, weird well weird rumbles with a weird show. Um, but I'm sorry, before I totally interrupted. You were saying uh, no allegiance to a particular company. Yeah, a couple ways, you know, so, you know, I've run into, you know, you see, you know, how can you support a company that does this, support a company that does that, you know, and my thing has always been, it's a lot, not about the company, no. you know, and, and it's something I, I've, I've tweeted about, like, you know, don't watch WWE because how they treat this person. Well, if I like watching Bobby Lashley, what do you want me to do? Yeah. Um, Bobby Lashley mm-hmm. is on the WWE. If I want to support Bobby Lashley, then I need to watch the WWE. That that's yeah. Um, you know, and I, you know, sure I can just watch his old stuff, but I've watched his old stuff. <laughs> I've watched his old stuff multiple times. I still watch his old stuff. Uh, you know, so it's like, you know, if I want to watch somebody in AEW, you know, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, we're talking about the Forbidden Door. We hate that it's closed. Um, 
hate that it's close to. I wish that you know all these guys could bounce around, you know, and do do let's do something cool real quick. <laughs> um, you know, I I got to thinking, you know, and this will never happen. This will never happen except in a video game, which I'll probably work on later. But you know, uh, with Wrestle Kingdom this year, they had mm-hmm. the big New Japan versus Noah show, and I would love for an American promotion to do something like that of just having. And you can do what they did. You can have a whole thing of tag matches, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I would love to see some form of, you know, a, a joint show, like an official joint show. You know, we had, you know, AEW's thing with Impact for a minute, and we kind of had them kind of bounce around for a second. But I, I would love to, to see an actual joint program between somebody you know i think it's it's a great way too to utilize like these guys who are really great at what they do but aren't in the main event picture yeah so you can you can protect the you know because you can do that and you don't have to have you know hypothetically you don't have to put hangman versus roman and see who the best champion is you don't have to do that like and and I don't and I don't think that most fans want that anyway. I think most fans want the champions to be protected. You know, it's. I think most fans are gonna enjoy. You know, I've been waiting to see Sammy Guevara versus Austin Theory. You know, at this yeah. level now. You oh, know, yeah. got. You know, I've been waiting to see what this match looks like. Like I think a lot of fans would want to see that. You know, and who wins or not? Like, like we know. But like a lot of the like you're forced to choose between um, that that we see. Uh, I, I've always said Twitter is and social media, the internet in general. But man, Twitter just you know it's a the way that you can just like give live feedback to everything instantly. Um, it's such an echo chamber for the worst takes in the world. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and someone thinks way over here and then, you know, someone that's not quite there might now lean more that way. Or like it, it, it gets so, so ridiculous. Um, you know, that like, and I think people don't, don't, don't really just like understand like we're, like, like you don't have to pledge allegiance to a company. Like, first of all, the companies aren't pledging allegiance to you. No. Or, no, no one is, mess- they're not messaging you, calling you, inviting you and saying, what would you like to see done on this show? Who do you think should be the champion? Who do you think should go over in this match? No one is, at- no one is asking you that. Um, you know, so... You know, there's no need for you to necessarily have to, you know, put that you, you know, are dedicated solely to a show in your Twitter bio or in your Twitter handle or, yeah. you know, anything like, okay, you know, you can be an AEW fan, you can be a TNA fan, or right. Impact fan. No, if you have a, uh, a wrestler, I don't care what company, if you have a, a wrestler in your Twitter avatar profile picture and probably a wrestling company in your bio. I'm going to probably not interact with you. I'm probably going to make fun of you. 
Yeah. Uh, it, when I when I when I post a take and someone comes at me and it's somebody you know it's like Sasha Stan one two three four five at WWE rules number one hashtag tribal chief or what you know like dude like okay cool I really like thank you for your input I, I appreciate you uh, adding to this conversation thank you for taking your time out of your day to uh, you know elevate right. this conversation yeah it, it, it's so silly you know and then you know so much logical fallacy you know oh I like WWE oh Oh, so you support a company that does this, this, and that, or so you don't like this this company, you don't like this. It's like, no, I didn't say that. I like impact. Oh, so you think Moose is better than Roman Reigns? Like, yeah. Did I say that? Like, like where did that come from? Like <laughs> um, I, you know, I, I I still stand by my thought that the only people that hate wrestling more than casual fans are actual wrestling fans. That's all they do is they, they, they hate more than they show love. It's always know, a, I, it's, <laughs> it's from a, a critical standpoint, you know. It's it's you know they the, so many of our of our people look at it from a, a what did you not get done standpoint. Yeah, um, you know, this, they, uh, it, it's bizarre. And like I said, that that's why I started doing this show was because I got tired of all the negative nonsense that people just crank out on that on Twitter and YouTube, social media as a whole. You know, it, people are just actively being negative, and it just for me it takes the fun out of it because it's like, okay, I want to interact, I want to talk to wrestling fans, and I want to have. A conversation i uh, even a, a a discourse dude if you disagree with me fine i i can learn from that if you have a a valid criticism uh over something i said or a, a different thought cool man i can learn from that and you can learn from that by learn by you know getting exposed to something you know that you didn't know about but there's two ways you can take that. You can either get super defensive and I hate you and you're stupid because you have a different thought than I do, or you can go, you know what? Cool, man. Hey, I don't know about that wrestler. I'm going to go fire up YouTube and go look at it. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's why I do this, man. It's just because it's so much more fun and so much more fulfilling to have a, a, a genuine conversation versus yeah. a fight. Like, the, dude, there's, there's, there's so much stuff, other stuff going on in the world right now. I don't need to tell, I, I don't need to hear from you that you think my favorite wrestler sucks because, you know, whatever. <laughs> and like, I don't need to tell you that, oh, you like that guy. Oh, well, you know, you're a jackass because you think that guy is cool. No. There's right. no point in that. There is no point in that, man. But, but having a positive discussion, getting to talk with cool people, getting the chance to interact with, you know, genuine fans has been 
one of the really cool things about doing this show and one of the cool things about just, you know, I, I try to be as, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? If, if I don't like something, I don't post about it. I'm never going to be like, ah, this is stupid. I'm just going to ignore it, man. And so being able to kind of keep that and, and, you know, talk to people and, and, and learning more about wrestling and getting people exposed to wrestling that they might have not have seen before has been one of my favorite parts about doing this and, and talking with you today has been, like I say, man, this is, you've, you've been a, a, a day one guest. Um, and I am so glad you're here today, man. Um, and we're going to do this again. I want you, I want you on the show again. We're going to do this again, <laughs> um, but, uh, um, so before we get out of here, man, uh, the floor is yours, dude. I didn't get to say this earlier because you asked me who my favorite wrestlers were then and now. Um, now, um, I really like Omos. Oh, um, okay. And it's because I like monsters. Okay. Um, you know, keep, I'm keeping with know, the cane vibe. Okay, I like. Okay, yeah. You know, so so it's like I think you know I'm at the point. Yeah, I, I can understand and I can appreciate you the you know the diversity in wrestling in terms of style and ability and what things are what things people are capable of doing, and appreciate that enough to be able to look at someone like this guy that's over seven foot tall, four hundred pounds, and he beats people up, like. He represents why I got into wrestling. I like, like you said, the Kane vibes. Kane got in the ring and he beat people up. That was cool. You know, it wasn't about being able to see, um, you know, what type of exchange of wrist locks Kane could do with people. If he could do a, a drop toe hold and roll that over into a side headlock and the other person grab a lot of, no one cared about that. Like it was, Kane got in the ring. He stepped over the top rope. He was three times bigger than everybody and he choke slammed him. Sometimes he would come out 10 times in one night and choke slam everybody the entire night. <laughs> you know, like that was cool. So seeing seeing Omos, like it's cool to see somebody come out and that's what he does. Right on. And that's enjoyable to me. Like, like, you know, I I like the simplicity of it, you know, where it's like I, you know, you can watch wrestling and if you can enjoy the story without having to observe what technical stuff is happening, I feel like you've, you've mastered the art right there. Mm -hmm. um, because now people understand the story that you're saying and they're not, they're focused on that and not what's happening in the ring. No one is looking at him and saying, oh, he's, you know, he can't do this and he can't do that. They're saying he picked this guy up over his head then dropped them. I like that. Um, For sure. So I would say, you know, if I circle back to that, he's someone who I really like. Um, I think I got, I got really invested into the characters more than the wrestling. Mm -hmm. um, I just feel like at that level, most people, I feel like it's less about the wrestling, um, you know, and more about the story. Right. 
you know, so it's like I'm not looking at the wrestling as critically as I used to with a lot of wrestlers. Um, I'm looking at, you know, oh, I like this story. I enjoyed watching this because I, I, I felt <laughs> what was going on. You know, there's that connection. Um, so I like him. Um, Danhausen. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, Love finally, that Danhausen. <laughs> so I finally caught on, you know. Attaboy. Uh, again, with Proud that, you know, <laughs> means a lot. Um, of course, <laughs> character, obviously, um, you know, this, uh, you know, I don't want to disrespect uh, Danhausen, but uh, in possibly superhuman. <laughs> um, you know, and, and of course can work, but you know, it's like it gets to be enjoyable at different levels. Um, you know, because it's like, you know, it, it's like the way we got to suspend belief with uh Santina Morella and the Cobra. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's a he's he's a goofball the entire time, but this cobra is putting someone down on the mat. Uh hurricane and choke slamming people. Um we know we know this little guy, he's not gonna choke some people. Then he ends up choke slamming the rock, you know, <laughs> um, and beating the rock. Uh, you know, there's some distraction, but he beat the rock, and 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 there it is, you know, and that's what you see. Um, Danhausen. Um, and then I like, you know, for the same reasons as, as almost, I like Jade Cargill. Yes. Um, oh, she she's good. She, she's already good. She is going to be great. Yes, and and I love exactly what they're doing with her, um, you know, which I've interacted with people on the internet a few times, you know, because they'll talk about she's not ring ready or this, that, you know, and, and I'll say, like, you know, one, you don't, you've never trained, you've never taken a bump, you've never visited another trainer's school and, you know, let them give you a body slam for the road. You've never been there to know who's ready or not. You don't get to make that call. No. You know, like, it's us selfishly saying, you know, per my expectation of what a professional wrestler should be, though I've never been a professional well, wrestler. Well, it's, it's that, it's that, you know, armchair quarterback. You need people that yeah. never, ever took a bump never ran the ropes, never stepped foot in a ring. Right. They're always the ones that are like, that person can't wrestle. They're like, <laughs> okay, dude, you're, you're more out of shape than I am. And you're telling me that person can't wrestle. Like, can you take a right. bump? You can, no. Can, can you run the ropes? No. Can you do anything that that person does? No. Then sit down. Right. And then there's this, you know, we, we try to tell the story of professional wrestling and express these elements of realism in the story with it. Someone like Jade, like Omas, they're not going to wrestle with anybody. I, they don't have to wrestle no. with anybody. You know, so, so why would you see someone the size of Jade, you know, exchanging holds with somebody who's three times smaller than her? I, I need right. Jade to just pick people up, do her slam, and get out. Yeah. That, that's all. That's it. That's I mean, it. You know, if I was in, a, I think, you know, if I was in a real fight with somebody, and, and you know, I also trained in martial arts as well, so I got um, 
they'll have some actual, you know, combat experience, mm-hmm. dare I say, uh, for lack of a better term. Uh, um, I'm not going to really struggle with anybody in a fight unless they're like at my capability or greater. Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. If someone is a lot smaller than me, and, and not to say that someone smaller can't fight or can't win, but like if they try to, uh, you know, grapple me, tackle me, I pick them up, I slam them. Yeah. Fight over. <laughs> you want to end a, if this, is, if this is supposed to be a simulation of a fight, you want to mm-hmm. end a fight as quick as possible that's just how you fight right you know if you if you look at you know a pro match if you look at like a ufc match you know yes they, they will go to the judges but i mean everyone's trying to win as quick as possible that's just yeah what you're trying to do so right with with, those... with a jade and an, and an almost like mm-hmm. i i don't need to see them do you know Tope con helos and you know arm bars and llama pista cradles. I just need them to you know do their stuff and get out. Yeah. So just that's all you need. That's all you need. It, wrestling. It, we we overthink wrestling. I, I I think that's kind of the the main issue here is we we overthink it. And guys wrestling is as a store as a medium for storytelling is super easy we just we overthink it we want it to be more than it is and we want it to be it's weird we 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 want realism but we also want surrealism and it's this weird thing where we, we, we want it both ways. And I'm not saying you can't do that, but I'm just saying if you want to do that, then you have to be willing to embrace that. Embrace the simplicity of pro wrestling and embrace the weirdness of pro wrestling. Right. You have, you have to embrace it, you know, and you can't, you can't place you know, this measuring stick next no. to that company. Like, they're trying to hit different objectives. Everyone, all of the companies, no matter where you watch them, they're going to be trying to do something different. Um, and you can't expect this company to try to do what that company is doing, to have the same characters, same length of matches, put on the same show, tell the same story. You, you can't expect the same wrestlers either. No. Um, and so many of us do, you know, we, we have this arbitrary metric that we come up with that we think is good. You know, we, we, we feel like, you know, whether it's our own or we go by someone like Meltzer um, and say, this is, this is the criteria for a good match. Um, like we missed the point of professional wrestling. Like, a big part of professional wrestling, you know, it got it, it gets its history from the car from the early carnival days. Yep. Um, and you know that that you know that's why you know you hear language like you know like he's talking in carnival kayfabe, like you know that there it all is rooted to that. And um, 
Like, the thing about a circus, a carnival, all the stuff is, it's designed to convey an illusion. That's right. what a magician is. It's an illusion. The circus strongman, it's an illusion, you know, but it looks good. You know, you got this guy that looks like he absolutely could hit the hammer down and send the bell flying off the, the, the meter. Um, whether or not it's rigged, he looks the part. You know, professional wrestling, whether or not it's, you know, uh, you know, we've worked to make this show. I'm trying to choose my language, um, you know, carefully. Uh, you know, no matter how we design the show, it's a show. And I think the fans need to look at that too. It's a show. And that's it. You don't go to them, you know, to, well, I can't even say what people don't do because they, I, I'm disappointed daily by what people do, <laughs> but I find yes. how they do it. You do what? This is true. Um, um, you know, but, but realistically, it's like, you know, most people, you know, when you turn on a, a, a television show, you're not, you're not grading it, you know, with this ultra critique, uh, you know, and, and saying, this is what this actor needs to do. Right. Um, to, to connect to me. I, I would like to see this actor show more facial expression when they're acting. Uh, we don't we don't see that as often in other performance arts, except for professional wrestling. Mm -hmm. They need to do this. They need to do that. And they need to do that. And if you like this person, then that means that you were somehow inferior as a fan. Right. Because how could you like this person who doesn't meet my criteria of what I think they should be doing? And it spoils the fun, man. It yep. spoils the fun. Like Very much sit. so. I'm a big enjoy the show. And that's why I like these shows like the Rare Rumbles, as 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 rough as it was to watch it, you know, it's not gonna pierce me with that with no. dagger or anything. I'm it, it's done. Like I can I can forget about how bad the rumble is because you know what? It it that was what it was. It happened. And I'm not attached to it. It they happened didn't... and it gave us something to talk about. And that's mm -hmm. what else? What else can you? Yeah. You know, they didn't make this show. It's just like I said, and this is how it all ties back. It's just like I said earlier, you go out there and you got 500 people in front of you. You know, what are you going to try to do to entertain the most of them? I might be in that group of people that get missed. There might be a lot of us that are in that group. You know, you got they had forty five thousand people in the arena tonight. You know, if ten thousand people were unhappy with the show, that's a lot of people that are unhappy. But thirty five thousand people were right. And you know, so so we we got to remember that like the show isn't catered to me, the fan. It's contained. It's catered to the fans. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I'm not going to get what I want all the time, and neither are you, and that's okay. I don't need it to happen because it's not my show. <laughs> you know, no matter how if they say we're 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 gonna do what the fans want, one knows they're not gonna no, do what the fans want. No, 
Um, <laughs> you know, and, and, and even so, what fans? <laughs> Which fans are going to get what they want? Because if, you know, if I got what I wanted, um, the Hurt Business would have every single title in the, biz- in the company. <laughs> you know, they would have every single title. Um, Raw and SmackDown. Um, and NXT go down there too. Take those belts. <laughs> we we are uh, you know a multinational conglomerate. <laughs> there you go. You know, a hurt business. We run a business and we own everything. If you want to get these belts, it's gonna cost you. Right you know, on. one thing or the other. Like like I that if I got what I wanted, you know, we cater to you. You're the fan. It's like, but no, it's not about that. It's about everything else. We can. We can go, dude. Like, you know, <laughs> I can talk about this a lot. I, I and that's one of the reasons why I'm glad that you've done this. Uh, yeah, man. Well, like, like I say, man. Well, I'm. To, there'll be other shows, man. But we'll <laughs> definitely have you on some for some other shows, man. So, uh, before we wrap up, though, real quick, uh, tell the nice people where they can reach you, man. If there's anything you want to plug, uh, your Twitter, your music, anything you want to you know, bring attention to, man. Go for it. Sure. Um, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Black the Genius, uh, as in my name on the screen here. Um, at, uh, for those who can't see this show, it is B-L-A-Q, The Genius. Mm-hmm. Which is an acronym. Um, and I, I came up with that, too. It came up with that. Um, one of my favorite superheroes was Black Lightning. Okay. Um, and it was kind of an inside joke when I was playing baseball as well. They call me Black Lightning because I didn't run fast. <laughs> um, and, and to be fair, by the time I was a senior in high school, I'd had like three or four knee operations. So I just want to throw that out there. It was it, it, it didn't come from out of nowhere. <laughs> um, but that ended up being one of my favorite heroes. And when I wanted to start training in wrestling, I wanted to wrestle as uh, Black Lightning. Um, so I ordered a belt, one of the replica belts, when oh, they still cool. came with nameplates. Black Lightning with a CK was too many characters. Okay. Uh, so I dropped the CK and went to Q, and that fit on the nameplate, Black Lightning. Uh, you know, and then I didn't you know, run with the Q and I was like, oh, that's cool. You know, I got this Black Lightning, you know, like one of my favorite superheroes. Uh, you know, you got the Lightning and everything. Like the Undertaker, who at the time was, you know, a favorite wrestler of mine. Like, you know, I'm into the kind of uh, macabre, uh, you know, uh, more, I, I, I don't want to necessarily say goth emo, um, but you know, I, I, I like taking the trip uh, wearing more black than anything. I'll just <laughs> I'll say that. That's why we're um, friends, buddy. <laughs> it, it, uh, I love it. I love, I love dark. You know, so it was cool. I had this idea of a character I always wanted to portray. Like, I, I it's in my head. Like, that's what I want to do. And that was why I always, that was why I wanted to train for wrestling was to be able to be that character that I saw. Um, you know, so I became BLAQ Black Lightning. Um, and then in talking with some friends uh, and whatnot, 
you know, it was more about become, you know, be you, you know, don't try to sure, be sure. anything else, you know? So I'm like, I'm thinking of who I want to be. And then, you know, I was like, black, black lightning. I'm just playing with it. Black lightning, black light. And I was like, black, you know, black light sounded cool. And then I started using that with other stuff like music and a lot of my uh, my friends, my roommates and whatnot, they grab it, they like black. Mm -hmm. um, it sounded cool. Um, there was a lot that I could do with it. Um, and then I came up with an acronym for uh, for the black part of black light um, and black lightning. Um, and the words are in Latin. I don't know if I can say them right, but <laughs> um, I looked them up and I, you know, I looked up the definitions and it worked. And uh, the well, beams what, were, what do we got? What do we got? Uh, B for, uh, I'm hoping I say it right, uh, Bayus or Bellus, B E L O U S, beauty, uh, grace, that type of thing. Sure, sure. Uh, La Certo, uh, L A C E R T O, okay. C E R T O, um, and that means strength. Okay. Um, a Ado, A D D O, and that meant inspiration. Okay. And Q uh, for uh, Kumoto, Komodo, um, which stands for path. Um, okay. And I cool. That stuff. Um, and hopefully all the definitions that I looked up were right. Bad <laughs> for over a decade, I've had the wrong thing. But uh, I kind of just like in, put those together with like the B, you know, with beauty and strength and inspiration. You have the path to the light. Cool, man. You know, and the light is whatever you wanted to be. And that was where black light came from. I like that. Yeah, and so so it's all meant to inspire. All my tights that I told you I have, like I have patches on. They say "Live to Inspire" on them. Nice uh, man. So this whole thing has always been about like everything I do, whether it was what I wanted to be in professional wrestling and or you know what I do in real life. Uh, it's about inspiration. It's about helping the people who you interact with feel better, be better, do better. Um, you know, and 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 feel proud of who they are you know i want everybody after they have a conversation with me uh to feel better about themselves and who they are yep. know, as, a, as a person and you know that's the that's the course i take with everything and, and that's that's why i wanted to have you on this show man because just everything you do to inspire your community everything you do to inspire you know a lot of our friends that are wrestlers, a lot of our friends, period. And just, you know, you doing what you do uh, is inspirational as a whole. And so, you know, professionally speaking and personally speaking, I am so glad that not only that you were on this show, but I'm so glad that, you know, you're a friend. You're a friend that, you know, has helped me out with stuff over the years uh, and then being one of the first people to really uh, encourage me to start doing this. And so, you know, when I, when I say you were a day one guest, man, uh, that, that, that ain't a gimmick brother. That, that is 
you know, that's real. So, man, thank you for being here today, man. This was fantastic. Uh, we will we will do this again, man. So, it's a pleasure. I can't cool. wait. Thanks so much for having. <laughs> cool, man. <laughs> All right, guys. So, this was a fantastic episode of Power Bombs and Positivity. I want to thank my guest today, Morris Connor. Thank you so much for being here, buddy. We will do this again. Until then, y'all just hang out. Like I always say, don't let the bastards grind you down. Absolutely not. <laughs> All right, later, guys.